we're, we're gonna we're do it. it. We're gonna do it. Uh, let's go around the room. Over here is Brett Headland. Hello. Um, what do you do, Brett? I edit and direct, uh, and right? Direct. Yeah. Um, dabble in writing. Um, that's as far as I've gotten. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Excellent. Over I'm here's... on drums over here. Peter <laughs> Facinelli over here so on it drums. It is a drummer name, right? Yeah. Peter Facinelli on drums. Yeah. No, you need a cooler name. <laughs> Something. I don't know. I gotta come up with a cool Pete drummer Fast. name. Ooh, yeah. that's good. Pete, Pete Fast. Fast. That's good. That's it. Uh, people right. call me Pete Fetch. I, I think it sounds like a venereal disease. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's came back from the doctor. What? I got the Pete Fetch. <laughs> <laughs> that's why there's one chair between. <laughs> In the biz, we call that a buffer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm an actor. Uh, I direct. I write. I produce. Yep. Um, uh, that's it. That's about it. Awesome. Right. That's a lot. That's enough. That's a lot. Yeah. 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 Sasha. Composer, doing uh, music for films, um, composition, orchestration, conducting, uh, whatever it's involved with, like music for films. Nice. Sasha's from Brooklyn, if anybody. Yeah, <laughs> total, total Brooklyn. <laughs> you don't understand his accent. Yeah. Total Brooklyn accent. And over here to my right is Michael Mintz. Hello. Hey. Hey. Um, colorist uh, for television and feature films. Nice. Very cool. Now, when you were a kid, did you play with crayons? I just had that. <laughs> like all the time. I, actually, I was a geek for audio at first. Were you? Yeah. Uh, I just see you with like a box of 64 crayons. Crayolas. <laughs> Never in the like... lines. Never in the lines. <laughs> right. Cool. Um, and we're expecting Peter Winter to show up. Um, Winter to, is winter. coming. He's, uh, he's <laughs> in. That's a good one. <laughs> Here all day. Or not really, just an hour. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, we're, we're hosting a, a little panel today to get to know um, some really key players of the things that they do to help make the movies that we all enjoy. And uh, basically, uh, I do sound for for movies and television. So we kind of have it all covered. Writer, um, who, uh, I guess we don't have a camera. DP. Or we don't have a DP. You had, Tony, you no, had, you had yeah. Tony here the other day. So that's true, that's yeah. true. Well, um, we, we were supposed to have David, uh, actually, right? Yeah, yeah, David's at work today. Yeah, um, so there's that. Mm. But so anyway, uh, we want to cover all the bases so people can learn and understand what it, like every step of the way, where and how things can happen and can uh, you have successes, things fall apart in a matter of seconds. Mm. One phone call, you know. Um, Peter, uh, Peter and I have done two movies together, um, and uh, the last one we did there is just chocked full yeah. of incredible fun stories, stories. Fun, fun stories that stories. he'll <laughs> he'll be telling some of them. Uh, hopefully, as many as he wants to today. But I'm still in therapy. For a few, <laughs> what what really many. has to happen? Mm how committed you are to get your project you should done. be committed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, Brett, let's just talk, let's start with you. What are you currently working on right now? Well, I'm finishing up a couple projects that I'm working on with you. Yeah. So we've got Mickey Kelly uh, that's locked, which is uh, kind of a story about a jujitsu instructor who gets into the world of MMA as it starts to become popular. Um, right. Sean Patrick. Fair. Comedy for kids. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm shocked how popular this sport is. I oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's really a thing. Yeah, jiu-jitsu jiu jiu yeah. and, and MMA is just like. When I was a kid, I saw the Karate Kid and uh, right away I was like, I gotta take karate lessons. Mm -hmm. So I ran to like the nearest karate place and I signed up. But I, I was like, I don't know, 16 at the time. 
and I, I signed a, a year-long contract <laughs> to be in the karate class. Oh, and uh, and little did long. I know, like, after the first class, like, you have to lift your feet up and then hold it there, and then he'd come over with a ruler and smack your feet oh, if geez. you put them down. And I was like, yeah, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to do it anymore. Not doing that. This was not in the karate kid. Yeah, and, uh, wax on, wax off. Yeah, yeah, that I could do. <laughs> that didn't hurt. Slapping me with a ruler in the feet, that's right. just abuse. So yeah. I was like, I want to quit. And he was like, no, you signed a contract. Wow. So then, but then I was underage, so I was able to get out of it. Nice. Yeah. Wow. All yeah. worked out. Yeah. Right? Good. Well, good. So we're um, we're in the actual uh, on Wheels of Fortune. Wheel, yeah. another, another gonna... one that we're doing. We're like about to finish that comedy. Comedy, mm. very very funny, very funny. Some what really... what, what's that one about? Well, how would you describe that? It's kind of like like it's a sports comedy, sports comedy, Talladega mm. Nights, yeah, type um, intellectual humor. You know, yeah. Um, did you did you write that one? No, mm. I edited that one. Nice, but um, it's uh, it's a hoot. Yeah, it is very very funny. Yeah, and then uh, so Peter, we were talking before we were rolling. What uh, uh, you just recently were um, in New Orleans and Oklahoma City? Yeah, filming, back to back filming um, two projects. Yeah. That one, I was uh, acting in both of those. So, um, yeah, I did a movie called The Ravine, uh, which shot in New Orleans, um, which was really fun. I love New Orleans. I haven't shot there since early 2000s. I I did a movie in the early 2000s called Tempted um, with Burt Reynolds, which was kind of amazing experience. Um, It was an all improv uh, movie. Hmm. And uh, and so that was a cool experience, and and working with Burt Reynolds was really awesome. Well, and then what do you when you say improv? What, what do you mean by that? Like it was it, a twenty-five page script. Okay. So the scenes basically were just um, descriptions and information that you needed to get out, like plot points. Got it. So it would say like uh, you know just say this was a scene Peter Facinelli sits with six people discusses uh, film uh, you know experiences and you know these are the things that you need to get out and then it would have like things for you to get out and things for you and and then you know when you roll action it's you know games on like there's no dialogue so you just have to you know you know what you kind of have to say in that scene and where the scene needs to be but you're listening and, and trying to like organically have that happen but it was a really interesting experience i mean actors are we're creatures of habit you know so um once you were on like take three we've kind of formulated mm-hmm. uh, formed the scene and then you're kind of sticking around that zone it right. varies a little bit but um but not much, and and the director would shape it a little bit. That's and cool. So when you're going to do other sides, you know, move the camera around, he's able to cut it because you're kind of in the same space right. each each take. How does that work with blocking? Like, mm. are you guys in this area? Yeah, or, yeah. Because well, again, like the first couple of takes, uh, you know, might be vastly different, but then you kind of feel something that's comfortable and then right. you're kind of sticking around. So it's like rehearsal and then you're kind of getting Yeah, so it. you're kind of creating the scenes as you go. Gotcha. Uh, but it, it, it's wonderful in this aspect. One, I never had to memorize lines, which was great. But seriously, like the, the thing that was really wonderful about it was um, it forced you to really listen because you never knew what the other person was going to say. A lot of times, actors mm. they know they're just so focused on what they want to do, you know. Right. And when you're mm. when you're doing improv, you you really have to listen. And and so what I do as a director sometimes, and and even when I'm not directing, I'll, I'll sometimes do this. I'll say, hey, uh, can can we improv this take? You know, and a lot of times the take is exactly the same <laughs> really? because uh-huh. the actor's like no afraid to vary or they don't know <laughs> yeah. where to go with it. It might 
vary by one line or two lines, but it's forcing the other actor to listen because they're like, oh shit, he might say right. something right. different right now. So right. I have to listen, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just kind of perks the person up. So I, I kind of use that That's as, as a little. A question for that. Do yeah. you ever pull like a huddle with the talent that you're in a scene with? And if you get a, an improv situation like that mm-hmm. where you kind of go, hey, this time, um, let's let's change it up completely like do you ever give any like forewarning that you're gonna change if you if you can or do you just like completely sometimes sometimes you i mean look you don't you want to be respectful to the other actors too you know what i mean some people don't like improv sometimes directors don't want you to go veering off you know especially in television Mm -hmm. they're very much like if you want to change one word in television it's five phone calls you know um because you know everybody's signed off on that so uh you want to be respectful to the process a lot of times if i do want to improv something i'll go to the director and, and ask them because that's you know, because it's gonna movie. affect the whole. Yeah, it affects yeah. things. But sometimes, you know, if you're in the middle of a moment and you, you know, spark to say something different, and it's in the moment, or you spark to do something a little different, I, I'm not gonna stop the scene and go, "Hey, do you mind if I do this or don't do this?" You know right. what I mean? Yeah. You just, you literally just go with it and, right. and hope that, uh, you know, as long as you're being respectful and not like, you know, is that when you find punching somebody in the face? <laughs> you're really in characters when that. Yeah, you is... pray for those yeah. moments. I mean, really, you like. Uh, I pray for moments that uh, that I don't think of or things that kind of keep me on my toes or things that, you know, kind of break that uh, that feeling. Sometimes if you do a scene too many times, it just gets stale, you know? Sure. So you're just hoping that something like, oh, the water bottle fell over and I yeah. caught it in the middle of the scene and yeah. like, and I kept going and it was just a natural kind of thing. Right. And it looked, you know, um, so yeah, for sure. I, I would think it, it adds a certain amount of energy or different kind of energy when people are reacting. Mm-hmm. Do something new all the yeah. time, whereas they're like you say, get stale after a while because they're expecting something. Yeah, I really enjoyed that process of filmmaking of doing the improvisational film because, like, like you have to know your character so well right. because uh, you have to do your homework. Mm-hmm. You know, it forces you to do your homework too because if you're in the middle of the scene and you know Burt Reynolds says, "Oh, what kind of music you like?" You know, mm-hmm. you can't be like. Oh, kind of music what my character like you got to know what cd mm. like what's playing in your car right, <laughs> right now yeah, right, what's right, in your right. queue like what what do you yeah. like you know yeah. what i mean you can't be thinking about it so right. you have to know every detail <laughs> Uh, cause you can't be thrown, you know? Mm-hmm. So the homework really isn't memorizing lines, which a lot of actors get stuck on. It's really deep character work and mm-hmm. knowing everything about your character and then yeah. just literally letting it all go and listening. And then, you know, it's very much like life because when you're going anywhere, you kind of know what you're going to, you're going shopping, you know what you're going to get, yeah, yeah, you know what right, I mean? You're yeah. going to a meeting, you know what you kind of want to say, you know what I mean? Uh, so everything is kind of like, improvisational sure. in life absolutely um, right so so working that way was truly freeing and, and i really liked it because it was like all right these this is the information that we need to get out and we'll see how it comes out you know you know it's something that i love about this process is when um one thing i picked up from you when we were doing hour of lead is there were things that you had written in the in the in the script that came across through the character and then with the sound and the and eventually the score and then the color you create this thing mm, that yeah. is consistent with that character i'm getting goosebumps about it by the way just how like incredible it's cold in here that's <laughs> how incredible it can be to use those very s- subtle indicators for 
uh, characters or locations or something like that 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 brings something to your character. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like your theme mm, or right. you, the character's theme. Or I remember working on The Shield. Uh, we purposely made it very organically crunchy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It was That's like, great, great you know, description. That, right? that, matched, yeah. that matched the visual feel of That's the show. That's exactly yeah. what yeah. we did. That's yeah. exactly why we did it, is yeah. to help enhance the nasty, like sometimes tragic shit that was happening on screen, you yeah. know? And um, what I want to do is direct this to, to you, Michael. What To what level do you feel like the creative part of doing color helps tell the story? Like, how do you like to... Uh, I I only know this one phrase, so I'm gonna say it so I can oh, sound cool. Let it out. Let it out. <laughs> it, like when they want things to feel cold and kind of dismal, you like you crunch the blacks, right? Yeah. You like you De- do that. You crunch thing. the blacks, desaturate. Right. Uh, you know, color is mood. Right. Uh, so um, it, first of all, you know, I'm of service to the picture and to the director and the, and the and director of photography and the story. Because if you do something that goes against that grain, you pull the viewer out of the story. Same thing goes with, with composing and sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it has to help the story. Um, so that being said, you, know, you take a look at the scene and see where the mood is. Right. And you kind of just match the look with the mood and do you, and the, do you, the... you have to um do you sit and have a conversation with uh the editor and the director and absolutely and sit down and go okay so what are you guys thinking for this like how does what it, can we do with the color to make this feel it, it really yeah absolutely um, i sit down with with as many creatives on that project as possible like you and i were talking yeah. brent i mean it, it's really helpful that everyone's on the same page uh-huh creatively that right. you know this is how we want this project to look and you know rather than just one person taking a guess at it sure mm-hmm. uh and we sit and we uh, i look at the offline uh and we talk about okay where do we want to go with this do we mm-hmm. need to explain what an uh, i was just going to say this is for our listeners a rough cut of the uh, of the yeah. uh, project basically exactly and even uh, further back if i if i if i may I, layman a layman like me i'm not in i don't know it nearly guys, as much by the as way you this do. is my partner jason <laughs> this is my partner <laughs> we do a podcast we do, oh. <laughs> we do indeed uh what what is a colorist i mean what is what is your role in creating a film i would you know anybody who doesn't know anything about film wouldn't know any wouldn't know what a colorist that's is. a great question yeah great it is question. it's a fun one too because mm-hmm. think back to like black and white and then the Noir. wizard of oz right yeah. you know what i mean yeah that's right. what this that's guy does. Most, that's a great the man behind the curtain yeah, that, right. that, yeah, yeah when great that example. door when her bedroom door opened and, and she was in the land of oz and that color just that technicolor hit you mm. that evokes an mm. emotion yeah, and and so that's what what kind of colorist does. He or she sets the tone of the imagery. Mm. Um, you know, whether like you said, if the, you know, if it's really contrasty and crunchy and dark mm-hmm. uh, and cold, mm. you know, that evokes a mood, right? Uh, and an unspoken uh, mood too. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It has to be subliminal because if it's over the top, much it takes like music, you out of the film, right? Yeah. If it's if it's over the top, 
then the viewer is like, oh, well, that, I think that's, that's yeah. bothering me. I want to yeah. talk about that because that's really important. I yeah. think for everyone at this table mm-hmm. here, every department, every yeah. department, yeah, absolutely. it's like if you do something yeah. that takes you out of the movie, yeah. then you failed at yeah. your job. Right. Yep. You know, from color to sound, yep. you yep. know, uh, to editing, to acting yeah. and, and directing to, you know. So true. To, yeah. uh, I've heard and I know you, well. I know we've all heard this. Uh, I've heard editors talk about having to cut around performances mm. yeah you know and to me or that's create performances. or exactly yeah. cut performances yeah. together yeah. right i mean i'm this is the this is why we're doing this today is this is the the meat and potatoes of making movies so cool. is the secret sauce stuff right yeah right. the secrets yeah. of of sitting in a dark room and you know you have your your workstation and you become an artist right but one of the uh, biggest elements of that and, and i think it's so important to reiterate is like if you if you do a hard cut that takes you out of the movie or you color mm-hmm. something and it's out of the movie and or i tell sasha all the time like it must be really hard for you as a composer because if you do your job right nobody hears <laughs> you exactly. Exactly. exactly that's exactly nobody hears right it. That's if you're hearing the composing it's bad yeah. right it's, yeah. because the composing is supposed to make you feel yes. right yeah. something in the scene right. yep. now if the actors are doing their job and you hear it and you're hearing the score, it's taking you out of the movie, yeah. and therefore you've done a bad job. <laughs> right. So right. He, his whole job yeah. is to make, is to literally have the audience not hear him. Yep. Well, you know, other than so montage, crazy to think about, when you have the score take over, yeah. right. which right. is a very <clears throat> powerful, powerful thing. Yeah, yeah a, a, emotional a great, thing. A great example, visually speaking, of that is the show House of Cards. Mm-hmm. Okay, the viewer may not realize it, but it is a really uncomfortable look. Mm-hmm. With color, yeah, with yeah. with uh, with color, hmm. you know everything that takes place on you know uh, on Capitol Hill, especially in the White House, it just had this tone that just made you feel, uh, you know, just a sense of unease. Mm-hmm. That's a good job, as far and as it's absolutely intentional on that. Absolutely, part. Yeah. 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 David Fincher it's, it's was a like, feeling. It's yeah, a, yeah. It's a mood. And, and David Fincher is a king of that. I mean, mm-hmm. he really just Mindhunter, man. Yeah. Oh, so mm-hmm. good. You know, really good. Yeah. And, and you take, do you do feel incredibly color. uncomfortable, yeah. right? And, you know, and take a look well. at Mindhunter if you're listening, and take a look at House of Cards, and just without sound, look at the color. And then you'll feel oh, right. what, great what, what, right. what we're talking about. You'll feel the mood, yeah. right? you know, especially like a movie like Seven. You know, Fincher oh is God. really good with the, with the color because, like, you look at, at the color of that and, and, and you feel something. Right. Even, you know, when you're looking at one frame of it, you feel, you feel it. it. Right. Well, Absolutely. even when we color, we usually turn the audio off. So we just mm-hmm. focus Absolutely. mainly on the picture to feel what it's supposed to be. If it's getting, you know, mm-hmm. it's getting now, why, why, now, why would you do that? Because you can get distracted by the sound, oh, okay. right? and then you're not paying attention to what you you should be getting the feeling of the picture. Interesting, it's, it's from color, yeah. it, especially yeah. if you're, you're a director, um, you know, sitting in, in, and watching the color. If you're listening to sound, your brain is saying, "Oh, I need to work on that." Mm-hmm. You know, ah, it's I like, see. So that's distraction. Yeah. Well, uh, that's also a sign of a good movie is when you get caught up in the movie. Then and and we we're all making movies so you escape life right? right so a good movie makes you get caught up in it and you escape yeah. so if you're trying to do your job and it actually is good and it's sucking you in you're actually starting to watch and hip, get hypnotized by the performance yeah. then you're forgetting like oh i gotta color that and then, <laughs> so like it is the distraction that's right um that's so, true. so it's better i i often for directing and acting would watch movies without sound because a good movie you could tell what's going on with the actors 
you know, just by the way they're moving and, and, and their performances uh, without sound, you could tell what is happening in that right. scene. Right. And, and the camera uh, shots and the angles and the, and the cuts, you know, yeah. I mean, you could see all that. So it's another great experiment to do is watch some of your favorite movies without sound. Hmm. You know, right. you'll be able to see the cuts mm -hmm. and you'll be able to see the color and you'll yeah. be able to see things that you normally wouldn't see with the sound there. Right. And uh, and the actors too, you'll be able to see like is he using his body to tell the story, yeah. you know? Yeah. What was that? Oh, that was that eyebrow move right there. You, yeah, yeah. you know, nice. which you wouldn't notice right. before. That's a good um, point. Yep. That's great. Yeah. So so Sasha, we we did talk about that a little bit on your podcast that you were yes. on where, you know, your whole job is to really not be heard necessarily unless it's a montage as we, just, as we just said so what what is your approach to actually kind of writing that line of having a presence but not really being heard just kind of underlining the film well sometimes you know you depend on the directors as well uh the first thing peter told me when we worked together it was like he wanted to to have like this music here but you know not that presence you know yeah uh unless it is like a very important cue you know like an opening titles or end credits or right whatever. of course it's like you need like the music in uh, in front and uh and i actually do agree with that it's uh it's important when you have a dialogue if and if you hear the music in front of the dialogue yeah. that doesn't work right uh, it so, takes you out of a of a right. of a story crapple do you deal with that a lot when you're mixing all the time yeah. yeah yeah all the yeah. time so is yeah, it is like, it raise this raise this yep, and then yeah this. yep is it less notes, less busy composition? Well, you know, it's like is sometimes it... it's a, it's a, it's a, um, an orchestration uh, problem. You know, if you if you put an instrument that is in the same frequency as the dialogue, ah, good it can take off like the, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm that's really a great glad point. you said that, yeah. Sasha, because something that I've been dealing with um, a little bit, actually a lot of it, um, <laughs> is it <laughs> <laughs> we're here for you, Michael. We're here for you. <laughs> is when you have um compositions that are in the same frequency range mm -hmm. as the as the as the dialogue for example the piano mm -hmm. that i have to eq the shit out of that piano mm -hmm. and it doesn't sound anything like it was delivered to me so to make it, it yeah. to sit so that the dialogue is king mm. right all the dialogue is absolutely the most important thing then basically comes the music Right. Oh yeah. It depends on the piano. You know, piano. If you put like some, you know, basses on or something, it kind of work, I guess. But you're well, right. see, you if know, you, if you, you know that. If you, yeah, of course, you like, know you're, that. You're actually, the other composers on, yeah. that I've recently worked with, they're right in that middle, <laughs> that middle, yeah, that, that you, middle you, section right, of the piano. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, notch, notch it, down. notch it out, and all. Like the all worst of that. thing is like you, you put like a, a clarinet, for example, exactly like a solo clarinet in, in like in the middle of a dialogue yeah, like yeah. it just take you out of, yeah. of it yeah. like it's it's hmm. just uh, insane yeah. and, uh, why i mean phonically why it's the same you know it's the same, same frequency frequencies. if you yeah. ha if you have like you know a dialogue is like one person talking to another one yeah right? they, they never talk to each other at the same time right so why would you put like another voice that's a good point. That's a great point. That's a really good point. I, <laughs> the I, first, uh, I call Sasha the Sasha's music, uh, <laughs> like the unspoken character in the scene. Yeah. The, the very first much. time we worked together, uh, it was a very small film, and I had another composer that I had started working with before Sasha because I didn't know him at the time, and uh, and she just wasn't getting it. But it was my fault, really, because I I, I was a first time director. And I wasn't sure either what I wanted, you know, mm. for this score. 
Um, and I thought I wanted like kind of, kind of like guitar and like. Did you guys temp it out when you were doing your cut or? Mm, I, no. no, I mean we had some. We didn't have any kind of temp or anything. Okay. Um, I mean we had some, but not a lot. And so I was trying to figure it out with myself. Mm -hmm. And I love giving opportunities to people because yeah, yeah. people have given me opportunities over the years. That's great. So, you know, in, in uh, Breaking and Exiting, my first film, I, I, I had other uh, actors that were more established that liked the script. But I went with Milo Gibson, mm -hmm. uh, who is Mel Gibson's son. But he, he had only done a few smaller like roles in, in films and he hadn't done a lead yet. But right. I was like, you know what? I like the idea of, of giving him his mm. first lead, and I think he's charismatic, and I think he can handle Certainly. it. And he, he really did a fantastic yep. job. I was really impressed yep. by him. Mm. Um, but I, he was new, and I'm still trying to figure out the score thing. I never had to deal with score as an actor, you mm. know. Uh, so I hired somebody who was just out of uh, school, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I thought I'll give her an opportunity sure. here. Uh, and and it really wasn't her fault, but it just it just wasn't clicking. Like she was coming mm. out with stuff and it wasn't working. And then I was like, I couldn't speak music because I didn't know the language uh, of music. Uh, so uh, I have it in my head, and I'm like, I I how do I explain this right. to her? I can't because it's not a language I could I could. I, I speak. also yeah, that's great. I'm a first time director too, so mm. I went through that experience mm. as well. And I had always described the emotion that I wanted to feel, yeah. not necessarily the, the sound, the technical yeah. side of mm -hmm. of the score. And I was doing that, but yeah. she wasn't lining up. Like her idea of emotional stuff was different than was yours. Different than my yeah. So I, I unfortunately had to let her go, and it was devastating because you don't want to hire yeah. somebody and let her go. Um, but but then you know Sasha, we found Sasha, mm. and uh, and Sasha just read. I love Sasha because he can read my mind. Like literally, that's like if I have, uh, <laughs> we have a really good rapport. Yeah, and like, uh, but Sasha also comes from the school of like. You know, I, I like to think of him as like the Star Wars kind of like big, and he can like rock out like. <laughs> Once you bring movies. Star Wars into the conversation, yeah. <laughs> that's trouble, man. Yeah. But it's like, you know, it's like ginormous. Like when you think of like he could do such a great job with all that big, uh, you know, empirical like stuff. Yeah, yeah. And this was a very small little thing, so oh, yeah. so he would have the tone of it you know what i mean i'd be like this is the emotion and he'd have it and it was great yeah. but he'd have like 17 instruments <laughs> and i'd be like this is epic epic and beautiful but it you know it's, it's a little but she's only scene. washing dishes <laughs> <laughs> I just scale it back a little bit. Yeah, but i'll tell you what take out let's start with one instrument at a time and literally we get to like instrument three and i'd be like that's it yeah it's beautiful oh, that's and that's great. why it was that's so great. great like remember we would that's work together awesome. i'd be like you the, wouldn't have to change the sound the musical melody at all it was just kind of scaling it yeah. down because mm -hmm. he was so used to like big and yeah, yeah. beautiful well like, i think i think as a musician epic. you do epic. that anyway yeah. though i mean as a drummer playing play, you you're throwing all of it out and you then you just start eliminating you, it. you just start eliminating it, it. To this thing. and i'm yeah. not mad at it either because yeah. then i have so many options that it's like uh for me as a director i'm like this is great yeah. now i have like before i had like no options now right, i had right. you know <laughs> right. more than i could Oh, you know, it's that, a, music yeah. is a sculpture. So you have like this big rock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so you build this big rock, and then you just sculpt with like the director is actually sculpting it with you. Like, mm -hmm. and, and if you have a great relationship as, as we have, we just know exactly what kind of you know music and uh, going on with the picture. And I, and I think that's true. Like finding the right collaborator yeah. is key. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. We are so lucky that you guys found each other, and 
That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I really hope we get to do everything. When you find Absolutely. the right team, yeah. you yeah. just yeah. want to you want stay with that. Yeah. With well, yeah. I'll tell There's you, comfort level there, yeah. selfishly, that's why I assembled this group of people mm. today, is I hope that at some level, at some point, there is a bridge that we can all cross and walk and make a movie together at some point. That would I, be wonderful. Be cool. Except for this guy. I mean, this guy coming in right now. Do There's not so much trouble about to, about to show yeah. up. The party has now started. <laughs> Winter has arrived. Good, man. <laughs> Hurry up. Get in here. We just dealt you in. You got pocket aces. Came from the airport. Ladies and gentlemen, Peter His Winther. Tired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just flew in. Look how cheesy he is. Uh, <laughs> I wash my hands, don't worry. Oh, you're fitting right in. One, two, three, four. He holds the keys to the, all the answers. Keep it going. We play this cheesy game all the time. So what, going back to one thing, um, that, is, that is an interesting skill, I think, that, that has to be part of your repertoire I, what you said about Sasha being able to actually you say, you don't know any, uh, that much about music yeah. and being able to say hey this is what I want and him knowing a lot about music yeah. saying okay he's he's con he can hear your language yeah. mm -hmm. and that's that's incredible Super important. it's to have really a shorthand really important. even like with with your composer or your DP to have that yeah. shorthand especially right. especially the DP because you're you only got a certain amount of hours that you can film because you're either Precious like hours. trying right. to you're shooting right. all yeah. night and the sun's coming up or you're shooting all day and the sun's going down right. so it's like right. you're you're constantly fighting like elements so to have a db that you're like hey i like this this and this and they they can they know exactly what you mean yeah um then you're you know it saves time because you have to that, sit there and explain anything minutes count every minute counts yeah, when yeah. you're shooting and, and it also it even happens in the color suite as well i mean you have to understand the language of the creative it's yeah. like and you know be in sync with that person yeah mm. and you know and that's really helps to is always collaborating with you know, the people again and again and again because you know what that person wants mm -hmm. when they say i want more this and they're not talking about you know, levels of light or, you know, specific colors, they're speaking emotion. Yeah. 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 Well, like crunchy could crunchy. mean anything. <laughs> that can mean anything. Right. Exactly. But so when somebody, you work with directors, yeah. you work with five directors, each crunchy means something different and to you, them. Right. And you exactly. know what it is. You know exactly where, where it's too much or where it's mm -hmm. not enough. And, it's, and that goes back to what you were saying uh, as far as composing goes. It's always good as, as far as the colors go is to go beyond, go mm -hmm. too far. And then come and then back. be able to scale. Yeah, you know, right. I, I like to do that too when I'm when I'm doing the mix. Is I'll I'll do a pass, get the dialogue to play it basically where it's supposed to, and then I'll do a music pass and I'll ride the music a little heavy. Right. Mm. And then I'll kind of listen to it again and see like the moments where the key parts of the story aren't coming through. Right. And then basically what I do is I take that whole chunk that that whole piece of music and I'll grab the whole thing and I'll drop it down like five dB. Right. Mm. And then all of a sudden it's in the sweet spot. And it's doing what it's supposed to be doing, and you forget about the music, yeah. and you're it's listening all, to the dialogue. It's all yeah. about that sweet yeah. spot. You're 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 realizing the range of the element that you're working with, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's so so important to have those people you trust because, like, when I work with Michael, and I'll be, and he said it, and I'll be like, bring it down uh, two dBs. Uh, all right, now bring it up two dBs. Mm -hmm. Okay, now it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a true story, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. It's literally like, I can't, after a while, or, I can't tell anymore. Uh, and how you, does he? That's yeah. amazing. Like, the, like when I'm the, watching Color or I'm listening yeah. to, you know, it's like how, my, you're in a dark room yeah. for hours and hours and hours. And even editing, 
you know, I'll be in a dark room for like 16 hours and you think like, oh my God, this was amazing. And then I'll go home, I'll go to sleep, I'll wake up and watch and I'll go, what was I thinking? <laughs> yes. <laughs> scrap everything time. that yeah. I did. They're like in this black box of like nothingness. For, right. You know, but but That's... you have to trust the people that are sitting to yeah. your right and left because they're the, the good people that are like, no, you were right, right. the first time. Yeah. We were right the first time. Yeah. Well, so it's always good to try it though. You, you... Mm -hmm. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I want to bring Peter into this, Peter. Peter into this world here. Peter. Get up on that mic, Peter. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Peter Winthrop over there he just yeah, flew in uh, from Pete, San Pete and repeat on the, on the turntable. <laughs> uh, Peter just flew in from San Francisco so nice. thanks for coming in right off the plane man appreciate yeah, it no um, and so uh, basically let's just jump right in um, uh, Peter's a director producer actor as well right no, no, right. never, <laughs> never not. Now. That's no. the other Peter. No, that's the, that's, that's only Peter. Peter alone. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell us what it's like to to corral a a group of people to make a movie. Like uh, Michael's a colorist. Sasha, as you know, is co a composer. We have an actor. Yes. We have an editor. Yeah. We have a sound guy. Yeah. Right. As a producer. How how in the world do you manage to put all of that shit yeah. together? Like where where do you start? Well, we'll start with what does a producer do? Because so many people yeah. say to me like, uh, what, well, what does a producer do? Because there's so many different types that's, of producers yeah. too. Yeah. Well, the producing things change, uh -huh. right? Because now you see on these movies, seventeen to thirty producers <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's on true. things, and and most of them aren't producers uh -huh. anymore. Like uh, most of them are financiers mm -hmm. who bring in the money and they mm -hmm. get a producer credit. I see. Or they're studio executives. Is that part of their thing is they're investing credit. and so they get that producer yeah. credit? Yeah, and I got you, you. And as a producer, Gladly. you're like, hey, if you're giving me a half million yeah. bucks, you'll get a co-executive producer credit. Right. And that means something yeah. to them. And for us, it's a free thing to give away. Yeah. Yeah. So why not? Yeah, right. <laughs> like I got a whole bag full of these. I'll call you whatever you want. Whatever the hell you want. Whatever Supreme, you want to be called. Supreme ruler. Whatever. Yeah, you know? Supreme ruler. Like, if you're a wizard. Peter Winther, ladies and gentlemen. But, I mean, and to be honest, I'd rather give that to them than I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of studio executives taking producer credits because they're doing a studio executive job. But right. again, they're the studio, so who are you to yeah. say? Yeah. yeah, right. And then also a lot of managers start taking producing credits. Yeah. And then the actors well. start taking producer credits. And then, and then <laughs> yeah. a lot of the actors do it. But that, again, is a value thing. Because I don't do it. I don't. If, no, I've been offered, been, yeah. like, actor, like, I will give you a producer credit. I'm like, I'm not producing it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If, I, if I produce it, I will you actually know what give. the fuck is going on well, with that, well, right? And I mean, also, he has value. So, like, when you put his name on a project, that gets you something, right? Right. So whereas some of these other like a man putting no offense to any managers out there, but putting a manager's name on his producer credit doesn't get me anything. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. It's just But they like, just want it because they want to build their sure. they want to build their thing their, and studio their... executives, I get why they want to do it because every five years they get fired. <laughs> right. And then they have to go to a producer deal. Yeah. And now they need they have they have a list of credit saying right. that they've produced something, right? So mm -hmm. But so the, there's the that, actor there's thing that is funny to me though, because yeah. that's like when when actors are like, oh, we'll give you a producer credit as an actor, and some some actors will take them too, because they're like, oh, they'll have producer credit, but they don't do anything. Sure, right. They're not really getting a, a, no. There's that, no money involved. Yeah. It's so, just it's just a credit. That's it's all just it is. a credit, right. so they can be like, I I was a producer on that, and I acted, and you're like, but you didn't really produce. Right. So it was a, <laughs> a funny story. I I, I I was directing something, and and I didn't take it. They said we'll give you a producer credit. I was like, I don't want a producer credit. Right. I honestly don't want to produce it i ended up producing it because uh -huh. i didn't want to um but i said yeah all right I, I don't want the producer credit so they gave the actors some of the actors producer credits on these uh on this film um 
and and one of the actors came up and was complaining about something. I said, "Well, you're the producer." <laughs> <laughs> so there. Yeah. So there I mean, you, go. you can go fix it. Right. I, I'm right. just the director, man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so back to what it yeah, is. So yeah. let's circle so what back it, to what, what the hell you really do. What it really is, in my mind, and what I aspire to, uh, is it starts with finding a great idea mm. and, and developing that into a great script. Yeah. You know, and then once you get that which is the most important thing of everything yep. is get a good mm. script. Uh, Cause as you know, especially in the last couple years, we've seen movies yep. that start yeah. with a great script. Uh, like Peter just had a movie. I had a great script, had a lot of, you know, production, you know, uh, complications. And, but at the <laughs> end of the day, it's, it turns out to be a great movie because yeah. it was well directed and well acted and yep. a great script. Yep. So all the other shit that conspires against you, yeah. You can win the day right. if you have a great script, you know? Mm, right. Uh, so uh, that's the main thing. And then after that, it's about attracting the creative talent. Like, yeah. So whether it's a name director or cast, uh, because those things – you need those things nowadays to get the money. Sure. You gotta bring you gotta have value brought right. to you. So you it, so you so what you're saying is uh, for the people that, that are listening, you you have a script that you now are backing. Yeah. Right? And so then you take that script, it because it's good has value yeah. and you approach talent, whether it's a director or it, it, well, there's two ways you go. If you're gonna go a studio route, mm -hmm. you would just take the script to the studio. I see. Right. I see. And then, then I don't need any cast because the studio's got the money. Right. Right. And if you have a strong enough idea, you can take it to them. the The only problem for you as a producer with that way is you're inviting a lot more cooks into the kitchen. Sure. And so you get way more uh, financial freedom, but you get way less creative freedom ah, one or the other so uh but certain films only a studio can do like you're you're not taking independence day uh, you're not doing that independently right um which you produced by the way i did produce yeah. that yeah. it is um, called independence day yeah <laughs> the irony but also nowadays like like uh, speaking of that director ron emmerich just did midway independently right, right. uh but uh because he was tired of the of all the cooks, you yeah, know. So, yeah. but if you're gonna go uh, independently, then uh, then yeah, then you have to go after the talent and people have value. And it's a just it's a it's a messed up system. But so then you have to go to a sales agent. And you have to say, okay, how much value does Peter Facinelli have, right. or Brad Pitt have, or Margot Robbie have, or yeah. or this director? And then you kind of have to back into a number. So if they say that value is uh, $4 million, then in order to really attract investors, you, and that's like the worst case scenario. That's okay. like if you make the Telemundo soap opera version of this film, mm -hmm. like the worst, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> so that, that value is now $4 million. So nowadays, you kind of have to try to make it for as close to that number or as under. you can. Yeah. Or, or even under. Usually, yeah, they're like, make it under. because Yeah, because yeah. they want to know guaranteed they're going to get, get their, their money, money back. back. Right. Mm. Which is different than it used to be because in the past, uh, it would be that worst case scenario number, $4 million, And then they would give you the benefit of the doubt. That oh, because you have a certain track sure, record sure. with these certain people, yeah. you can make it for like five mm. and a half or six. Mm -hmm. But because there's been so many shady producers out there, or producers that don't know what they're doing right. and are just lying to investors, yeah. investors are usually smart people. That's why they have money. 
So they've learned, like, I'm not going to do yeah. that. Like, because what they would do is they'll give you, they would say, okay, so it's worth four. We'll give you five to five and a half. And then the directors or the producers would make a shitty movie. And then they would take that extra million and a half and put it in their pockets. Right. 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 Oh. Wow. And then you're left with a really crappy movie that lost a million and a half right. dollars. Yeah. Right. And then the director gets blamed for a shitty movie. Right. And it Absolutely. wasn't right. his fault. Right. Yeah. Like, like the fact that it has a beginning and middle and end and it's in color was a miracle. Right? Like, because they gave them like a fishing rod and, oh, you know, and a stick to go make the movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Stick. Yeah. Right. So anyway, so then you get to that point and then you put all that stuff together, you get the money and then, you know, because uh, there's a lot of producers out there that know how to get a movie made meaning how to put that stuff together, yeah. but they don't know how to make it then after that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So then they have to bring on another producer, oh, sorry, another <laughs> producer, line producer type people to actually make the movie because they don't know how to make it. So what I like to, I feel like I do know how to make it because I kind of grew up on set. That's, I learned that part first. And uh, so I can be on set. I know how to make the right. film and, and know how to put the people together and how to hire the, the crew uh, and, 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 and team up the right types of people. Uh, uh, like the key people are always going to be on set of, with the director. You got to give them a first AD who knows what's up and a great DP. That's like the power trio right. mm, on set. Absolutely. And that's someone that's got to jive with your director, right. you know? Right. Um, um, listeners, yeah. AD is assistant director yeah. and DP is director of photography. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Mm. That's okay. Um, and then everything kind of flows off, off of that, yeah. you know? Um, and then once you get through that, uh, again, I was lucky enough at the very beginning of my career, I, I worked as an assistant to, uh, well, first Leonard Nimoy. Oh, wow. And then, uh, and then Roland Emmerich. Okay. Ooh. I didn't and, know about the Leonard Nimoy. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, We're No Angels was like the first movie wow. I worked oh, wow. on. And right out of college. Shot for two weeks in Boston. I was graduating from BU. And uh, after I realized I wasn't going to be an NHL hockey player, I was like, what am I going to do? <laughs> what? <laughs> and, uh, and so this movie came into town. It was based off a book by Sue Miller, who was one of my professors. So I got a job as a PA. And then Leonard like really liked me because he could, he could not walk anywhere around Boston without getting swarmed sure, sure. by Trekkies. Diane Keaton and Liam Neeson, no problem. Liam was not really anybody yet, but mm -hmm. Diane was pretty big. But... They didn't like she wasn't a rock star, right? Like, right. like Spock, Spock was. Right, right. yeah. <laughs> you know, so I was the only guy PA, and so I was like basically his bodyguard, sure. like <laughs> moving people out of the way, you know. And uh, he grew and to like you for that. Yeah. He, he did. Care of him. And then he's like, "You got to come up to Toronto where they're shooting the rest of the film, and I have dual citizenship." So, uh, so I uh, had to tell my parents like, "Hey, I may not be at my own graduation." <laughs> But I got a job, yeah. and they were like, go, go, take a job. Way to go, son. We don't care. Go north, you. young man. Yeah, yeah. So, But when you work for a director, what's the, the best thing about it for anybody that's trying to get into the business? It's a great job because you learn the entire process, right? You learn from all the things we've just been talking about, yeah. from the development of the script to putting it all together through the shooting of it. And then into all the stuff that you guys do, mm -hmm. where in reality, the movie is truly made, you know, 
is it actually in post production yeah. mm-hmm. uh, where the film, it, you know, basically that's, when you're shooting a film, it's like doing that's where research the money's at for, too, yeah. right? Well, they yeah, say that there's, yeah. make a ton of money they say there's yeah. three movies, right? The movie that you write, the yes, movie that you I, shoot, I recently heard and that. then the movie that you edit. Yep. Yeah, and right. the movie that you edit is like the most important mm-hmm. because the post it makes or breaks the movie, yeah. you know? Because things yeah. just change, yeah. right? Like, because that first draft of that script that you made, then when you get on set, when you're working with the it's, actors, like a new idea comes and like, oh, that's not working. We have to shift that yeah, way, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and then in the editing suite, maybe something's not working or the movie's too long, so you got to lift a sequence out. It's a very fluid process yeah. throughout. Yeah. yeah, and so you're constantly discovering. And then the story. let me let me ask you this: Does does your function as a producer does it change going from a like a blockbuster like Independence Day or Stargate or something like that down to something uh, independent, low budget? Mm. No, is it the same thing? It's You're just same. dealing with a, do- a dollar it's, it's figure just, change. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just ratio, man. Yeah. It's a scale. Right. That's it. Uh, I mean, certainly you're dealing with more elements uh-huh. uh, on some of the bigger films, but uh, but the you're never you never have enough money, you never have enough time, <laughs> yeah, right? right? So <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Like you know, same on like it's a, all relative. Thing on Twilight, yeah. you're constantly struggling and against people the people would time. say like what what's the difference between indie filmmaking and, and like studio filmmaking and i would just say there's more people around on set mm-hmm. you know, instead yeah. of like you know 70 or 80 people yeah but, but if you have like <laughs> yeah. 100 and you have 200 people water. Instead of 70. yeah <laughs> uh, more money more people yeah but you're doing the same thing yeah. i mean you're not people are like well do you act differently for television and for you know i'm like no that's a great, it's like that's a good point you never it's a different you're watching on a different medium but but you know the acting is the same the direction is the same i you have, have a, more money or less i have money a to, um, a friend to, of mine a who's a uh well-known uh, musician he's a b3 player keyboard player and uh we've talked recently and he says mike i don't have a 50 dollar performance i whatever whatever we can do whatever we can you know work out for the financial exchange i'm cool with because mm-hmm. you're gonna get whatever I whatever yeah. I do. I don't have a fifty dollar performance or a five thousand dollar performance. <laughs> yeah. Right. I might actually have a little bit of guilt. Yeah. If I don't perform very well and you pay me five grand, I'm gonna mm-hmm. go. You know what? Let me let me try that one one more time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But for the fifty dollar performance, it's the same. It's the same. It's right. the you're same exact. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I I, exactly. I I liken it to plumbing. I'm like a plumber fixes a sink and a plumber fixes a bathtub. He's a, still a plumber. You yeah. Know? Right. Like, <laughs> he's not. He's not a different plumber for. Right. You know, you're just doing different, same and there's thing. Like, there's also just, especially I find with like crew people, it's there's just a, a pride in their work, and then right, when I mean that right. in both post and and Absolutely. production. So like I I just did a film and we uh, shot in L.A. Very low budget, but we had like a lot of the Captain Marvel crew because we were shooting in L.A. and we had the camera guys from this TV show Lucifer. And we're paying them way less yeah, yeah, yeah. than yeah. what they're getting paid normally, but it was a cool story. And 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 for the people out there, like we we never get to shoot in L.A. Right. You know, because right. you're always following the money and the tax credits and stuff like that. So just the mm. idea that they could like you know shoot, go home at night, go see their kids' plays yeah. and their yeah, sporting yeah. events and yeah. stuff uh, like that's that. Great. And that's so true. we were able to we so we took advantage of that. Sure, sure. And, uh, but they doesn't matter again how much uh, we paid them. Like when they commit to it, you're getting in. all of them. Yeah, you're getting yeah, all yeah. of it. Yeah. You get all of it. So you have to be respectful of that and not take advantage of it. And, like shoot. I mean, I think we all, all love our jobs. Yeah. And so yeah. Yeah. right. Half asset doesn't make any sense. That's right. Yeah. It's, 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 that's right. It's it is funny how you say the money is in post because 
uh, I shot the first movie I ever shot was the whole budget was a hundred thousand, like under a hundred thousand dollars. Uh, it was a small miracle that we got it together, but I mean, it, we were able to do it because we pulled a lot of favors. If we budgeted it out, it probably would have been like five or six hundred thousand, you know. But right. a lot of people did favors, but we had fifty thousand to shoot the film, like production wise, mm -hmm. and we put forty into post. So it was almost as much as the production. That's great. Yeah. That hardly but, ever happened. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's usually that's that. why yeah. the film worked was because we had we put so much money into the post. Because it looks like a million dollar movie, yeah, yeah. Uh, and had you you know you go cheap and the colors bad and the sound is bad and yeah, like yeah. you know Killed people it. don't see it but they feel it. You yeah, know right. what I mean, yeah. and, I mean you you definitely see it because the the color and you could tell the sound. But it's it's all about the bells and whistles. Is like it's almost I I liken it to like building a house, right? So it's like uh, the architectural plans are the script. And then when you go out and you shoot, it's like you're collecting all the material. And then when you go into post, you're actually building the oh, house. Right. You know, yeah. That's when you build and, and it's nice. what they call yeah, it's what they call adding production value mm -hmm. to the project. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, it's 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 no not always simple, but you can usually make a movie sound and look a lot more expensive than what it was originally budgeted yeah. for. Yeah, especially today. Yeah. Yeah, what's, that's what's what we did. That's for, what happened on that very film. Little money. It, yeah. it looked really great. I was yeah. really proud of that. I want to actually bring up something that's very much a part of my daily uh, situation is damage control. Mm. <laughs> and where and how do each of you, like if you have not enough coverage for a scene, like what do you do? That never happens. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do to get by that? You know what I mean? And Peter, same yeah. thing for you. What if the person you're acting across from is sucking balls mm. and you're just like you're you're like what kind, what of, kind of film are you making <laughs> <laughs> all right let me back up yeah. the person you're acting across is not pulling their way right, yeah. right? And, and get specific yeah you know, on that one. Like, we want names yeah please names and and also sasha like do you feel like uh when you're composing if there's a bad scene like how do you do you get creative like shut down or do you not notice that the scene sucks you know what what does that what does that do right. michael like are um, you guys gonna remember all this part? Yeah, yeah well we're gonna we're gonna go around <laughs> right. we're gonna talk no, right, right. Uh, like something happened during the shoot and mm -hmm. you're you're trying to undo what's been done right. damage control yeah. yeah you know so brett damage control in the edit bay Go. In regards to not having enough coverage? Whatever it is, performances, like a bad performance, like minimizing or making a performance. Well, it's what... interesting, too, because the relationship with the producers and the directors with the actors can taint the way they respond to the movie because they don't like the actor for some reason. Right. So they're like, always oh, cut around this person or whatever. I see. Hmm. But I see. Uh, in terms <laughs> of... Uh, a weak performance, there's lots of little tricks and things that you can do. Mm -hmm. um, there's usually one take that is the take, and then you, you build from that. But uh, and it just depends, you know, what the story is and yeah. who's supporting uh, the other characters. Right. Yeah, there's lots lots involved. So. Right. A lot of it is you cut to the other actor, right? Yeah. <laughs> and play their dialogue on the other actor's mm -hmm. face. You do, as long you know? as 
the yeah. reactions working yeah, and you're exactly. like oh that yeah. makes yeah. so or, much sense or, or if you have like an insert of something you can always go to like some kind of insert or something yeah. cut away right. cut away right. cut away right. is like the yeah. big thing is like yeah. just cut away from them. right yeah so, so what, little inserts are always good to yeah. shoot right. just in case yeah. you need and those. how do you get those is that like b-roll second unit stuff what well sometimes there are pickups after the principal mm. photography is done but oftentimes it depends if you have two cameras on set that's the second camera can be picking up. They'll be like, roaming for stuff, yeah. like hand gestures. Yeah, it's just interesting coverage, which I, I Yeah, do. if you're a director out there, like, it's super important to, like, get, like, pieces. Shoot. You know, just keep shooting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have a second camera, like, go for hand gestures. You go for hands, like, shoot birds up in the fucking sky. Yeah, like, yeah, just yeah, shoot yeah. stuff. Yeah. So if you ever get in a hole, you have something to cut away right. to. Because you don't right. want to just cut faces to faces, sure. right? So you need if someone's like on the computer, or their hands on the keyboard, yeah, or someone's sense. turning on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can cut to that because it can get you around stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so you that, have to, that actually that very yeah. that very thing um, I notice a lot. And if you go back to what we were talking about, is watching the movie without sound, mm -hmm. yeah. is you'll actually be able to start making notes on my sound notes. Mm. Like yep. ah, okay, I need to create this because uh, they're walking down the hallway quietly sneaking into a room a forbidden room and she pulls a curtain yeah pulls a curtain aside and you're like and oh, adds to that suspense yeah <laughs> i'm not telling you you have to see it uh -huh. but it's creating that mm, that suspense that yeah. suspense right so um, sound is so important for so any important. of those moments it's half the movie yeah, it's yeah really, absolutely yeah. um so peter uh a poor you know co-performer i gotta tell you it's it's rough when you're acting somebody that just does uh not but you know that it's not you, there's nothing you can do. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's really up to the director because you can't go up to the other actor and be like, look, you're, you know, sucking right I now. I don't think they're trying <laughs> to yeah. suck. They yeah. just might not. Uh, I don't think right. anybody so, goes to tries to yeah. suck. A lot of times, like, you're, as off camera, you're trying to, like, give them things to, like, make them better. You know what I mean? Right. A good actor for me is somebody that uh, really is in the scene, but, but somebody who gives to the other actor, mm -hmm. too. Like, right. I always try to give as much when I'm off camera than when I'm on camera. And what I mean for people who don't know what off camera is, when you're shooting scenes, like it might be all on Michael right now, you know, and I'm off camera saying my lines. And then they'll turn around and they'll do all of my coverage, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So when I'm off camera, you're, you know, trying really hard to give them something to react right, to. Right. But but honestly, there's only so much you can do in your performance. It's really the director's job to shape their performance or to give them notes because I, I can't give them notes. It's disrespectful to for one actor to give another. Although sure. some, some actors do. do. Yeah, it does yeah, happen. Yeah. It does happen. Right. Um, but you, and what I do is just look over to the director and see them sweating. <laughs> and then they'll come in and start talking to them and then they'll go back and, and they'll work with them. And mm -hmm. so, uh, I mean, for me as an actor, just really... I could only focus on on what I'm doing, and then on the other side, try to give nice. as much as I can. Cool. Uh, and then, as uh, when you're directing, it's like, oh, man, you're, uh, you know, you're doing damage control all day long. <laughs> it's like mm. you got to have a plan A, a plan B, and then literally, like, when plan A and plan B go south, you're just like, things are just coming to you, you know, to like you're ad libbing, you know, as just you go. just yeah. going yeah. with the flow. And yeah. and a lot of times, it's amazing because. In those moments, you're kind of in a flow state where things are just coming to you, which you didn't even know that you knew. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I remember yeah. doing one scene where we're we're so far behind, 
and uh, and we ha- I had to do this insert of this dog on 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 the left side of the RV, uh, you know, in in the RV on the left side on the couch, and I also had to do an insert of the dog on the other side of the couch, you know. So I had him petting his hands on one side, and we we're like to turn around and to relight the other side was gonna take like. 30 minutes for an insert right. and then you have the ad going do you really need that and i'm yeah. like yeah i do need that I, it's important <laughs> and because I, I need to cut something to cut to there so i'm like Shit, what am i going to do yeah. and then literally i was like <clears throat> i went to the dp and i was like hey what would happen if you uh, just reverse flip the, the image inside the a camera flop shot. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then and then he was like i don't know i was like well let's try that and literally like he just flipped reverse the image in in camera and it looked like exactly like the other side of the couch wow. i was like let's do that and then I don't have to light the other side of the yeah. couch but literally I didn't know and he didn't know if it yeah. would work and yeah. I didn't know and it was just like literally that just like God just sent me that and was like Light you know try that right. you know there's yeah. angels like, floating around yeah, telling they're us always things all floating the time. whispering yeah. things in your yeah. ear if you listen yeah. and you're just like go with it do right. it you know cool. and I was like thank God that worked because I didn't have time to shoot the yeah. other uh, other side of the couch the sun was going down as, yeah. as we yeah. say burning daylight Sasha how do you save scenes well, you know, like music can definitely shape some performances. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Like really, and and you know, you, if you can, if you put like a, a funny music on an actor, he it, he will be funny, even <laughs> even though he is uh, yeah. talking about the death or something. You know, like it's, yeah. Uh, Did you ever see when they do those uh, recuts of like The Shining and then they put like funny yeah, music behind yeah. it yeah. and it's like no, all of a sudden great. it turns it into a comedy? That's how powerful music wow. is. Wow, yeah. actually, yeah, it's, it's fake you look trailers. It up on YouTube, okay. yeah, they'll they're, do they're fake awesome. trailers and take like comedies and make them into like horror films. Wow. Yeah, oh yeah, just by changing the music. Yeah, and I'm look, sorry. Look, look, look at look at uh, Jurassic Park. Mm. Take off like the sound and the music. Yeah. I mean, the T-Rex are not the best actors, you know, so it's like <laughs> they need some support, you know, right. and, and, and the music helps a lot, you know, for, yeah. for giving them, you huh. know, like this. That's uh, a good way of putting it. Horror. Sure. Like, Creators, so. I mean, the, the the shark in Jaws yeah, exactly. is not that. If oh, you look it's at that it, theme it's song. A, but that music. It's that music. That's what you remember. Yeah. But if you actually look at the Jaws shark, it's not that <laughs> great because it was a big mechanical shark yeah. that didn't work half the yeah, time. I was just right. going to, or more yeah. than half the time. It yeah. was, uh... <laughs> so so Spielberg, what I read was he he, he purposefully tried to not shoot the shark right. and just created the music so that you had the suspense of mm-hmm. what is it and then you have that fin mm-hmm. so yeah, you're sure. like you don't know what it looks like and every once in a while you'll see it so and forever, you have to use it less forever and ever mm-hmm. even yeah. in a fucking pool yeah yeah somebody's got a fin and you you hear that song yeah, yeah. right and, and, and it, that's talking that's about how that's how powerful music, music is. the, the is, best yeah. suspense in horror movies are is what you don't see yeah, yeah. What you yeah. don't see and right. i was always saying like jaws has been an example like whenever you're making a monster movie you go to Jaws, and now Spielberg did it out of necessity. Right, the shark didn't yeah. work, but that for storytelling, even if the shark was working, was still the better way to go, right? Because what you're yeah. saying yeah. is that Jaws and Alien for me are like the greatest. Oh like, my god, horror yeah. films yes. because so true. Every time you see the monster, you're seeing you're learning something new right. each time. Right. You're seeing like an alien, like oh, the first oh, it's got acid, right. you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, blood. And then, oh, and at first it pops out of the stomach, and, it's and it this scares the shit and then it out of you. Scares the shit <laughs> out of you. You never, you didn't eat spaghetti for a while. Yeah, after yeah, that. yeah. Uh, And then every time you saw the alien, you you learned like you had the face hugger aspect of it. You kept learning. It's the oh, same with the shark. Yeah. Like 
you it, you saw the fin, oh, and then they the scene where they shoot it with the barrel, yeah, and then it takes the barrel down, yeah, yeah. and then they finally get the three barrels, and it takes all three barrels down, right. and you never really see the shark really. Right. It's a suspense until the end right. when they it's blow your it imagination up. Right. filling in. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. right. You got to show them just enough, and yeah. always something a little bit more. I see. Than before, because if you don't show them anything at all, then 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 you lose okay. them, right? You know, yeah. right. but but yeah, Jaws is, and it was all because that shark didn't work. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's the angels whispering. That's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes on God's intervening. Universe is intervening, kind of like helping you. Yeah, crazy. calling the audible yeah. on the fly. But yeah, but the score on that. I mean, John Williams' score on that yeah. is like, yeah, like you said, right. like you said, Mike. Yeah. I mean, it's in your head. Yeah, yeah. Even performances, yeah. though, I, I remember someone saying it's not always the lines that you remember. It's the thing the actor does. You remember when the then the actor did, hmm. like, yeah, yeah, the yeah. thing with the hands, yeah. the yep. hand gesture, you know. You remember lines a lot, but it's a lot of times when you think of movies or actors is this thing that they did. This, right. This man that just hand gesture. That just triggered a memory. What does anybody remember the name of the movie um Footloose. That's good. <laughs> start um, start naming at, the movies. at the very end of the movie uh, the hero is a boxer. He smiles and his lip splits. Does anybody? Does that ring a bell for anybody? Mm-hmm. Big man and little. <laughs> I've, I've seen it in MMA though. Oh, me too. Oh, yeah. I've had it happen to me. Thank you. Um, but that's something that that yeah. happened it stays on with you. the. Yeah, that I I can't remember it was. Um, not important. And Michael, and <laughs> and talk to me. Talk to me about saving saving uh, your footage. You know, sometimes it really like what all you guys were saying. It, it drives the creative in you to push mm-hmm. to challenge. If you come up on a shot that really just you know something happened, and unfortunately, it's the only shot that works in that cut, and they need to use it. You need to craft to that. You know, it's like, okay, I can't change this. So let's work around that. Let's create something that works right. with that shot for the rest of the scene. Mm-hmm. You match that shot to the, you know, you basically match the scene to that shot. And you also bring in as much creative tools as you can to help that shot. Uh, if it means, you know, re, you know, uh, working with the, you know, uh, the tools that you have to relight it, then you do that. Yeah. And you get creative. You know, you just because use what you have. Digital tools that are available now are amazing. The power yes. windows yeah. and stuff. Oh like, my power God. windows is amazing. Yeah. You can literally like brighten stuff hmm. up and uh, take uh, stuff down. A mm-hmm. lot of times, you know, a colorist is a gaffer. Mm-hmm. You know, they're yeah. you know, flagging shots off. They're they're shaping the light in post production. Um, not as eloquently as what they do during the shoot. But it's doable. But and it can and, save and save shots. Absolutely, for sure. you know, if you have a, a scene of two actors talking in front of a blank wall, nothing's more boring than that. <laughs> but if you throw some shapes on there digitally, yeah. you can make it more dramatic. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so yeah, you just be as creative as you possibly can. I'm sure that's happened to you, Kreppel. I mean, you mm-hmm. you know, you you use the tools that you have. Yeah. You don't cry that oh my god, I can't mm. work with this. Well, isn't that the creative process? Isn't that the fun of it, kind of? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, you want everything to go smoothly, what obviously. Fine. That gets boring. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, it's always, it's always nice that, to... That, pointing. See, this yeah. is great. It's, yeah, right. Exactly. It's the aging process. Yeah. But. It's, it's always nice to work with great material. Yeah. But sometimes that can get not necessarily, not necessarily boring, but it, it kind of... Well, what, you know, what well, can be fun is when you find a solution right. because you're forced... Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the one right. the one story I have is I, I, I was working on a uh, a skateboard movie way back for uh, DC Shoes, 
And it was all shot on 16 millimeter. It was beautifully shot. There was one scene or it was one shot that they he needed the director needed to use, but the film was damaged mm-hmm. in a way that kind of gave it a really cool look. Right. It's like, let's go with that. Yeah. 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 And that was kind of before the days of really heavy creative artistry and color grading where, you know, things weren't just white balanced, uh, where you made the blacks black and the whites white. Mm-hmm. We went with that. And to this day, that director and I still talk about that <laughs> shot. See? Oh, nice. That's yeah. when I said when God kind of like you're praying for those right. little mistakes, yeah. Yeah. Or, or you know you that was a mistake that just kind of fell in your lap, and yeah. instead yeah. of crying about it, you right. just go, let's use it. You yeah, know yeah. What yeah. I mean? a, the a angels of, whispering in your ears, going, yeah. do it. Yeah. A lot of DPs will will say will have war stories like that. It's like they'll they'll be asked, how did you create that shot? It's like it was a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, uh, <laughs> Think yeah, about this: yeah. how are diamonds made? Right mm. under pressure, yeah, right, and like right. some of the best stuff happens True. honestly under pressure. Yeah. You don't love it when you're when you're under that pressure because yeah, you're no. just like, God, I just want a day that just goes smooth. Mm-hmm. Can right. I just have a day that's just like literally you wake up, everything's going right, and then you go to bed. That's great. Yeah. But when you're when you're filmmaking, it never happens that way. Right. There's always something that happens that like creates that pressure that well, makes I, that forces that's you. That's why it takes a certain type of person yeah. to be in this industry. Because yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Flexible. Yeah. You have passionate. to be, you yeah, have to be true. Good. You have to be truly be in love with what you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you go through way too much shit. To, <laughs> yeah. To say, you know, it was worth it. Like, yeah. That. yeah so. Why do you think that is? Why do you think there's always something that, that there's always an obstacle? I mean, there's it's just so many life, right? Parts, I, I mean, well, that's life in general. Yeah. yeah. It's just such an interesting, as humans, it's an interesting thing that we go through that stuff. I mean, it, I think it, I think it, uh, it stretches the boundaries of who we are. Well, well it's crucial. Yeah. Okay. But uh, it, it happens he, a lot. So it's he, obvious here, that we need example. it. Who, who here has seen the, the Pixar movie Wally? Yeah. Sure. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All the people on that cruise ship got fat and lethargic <laughs> from doing nothing, no, from yeah. having the mm-hmm. easiest yeah. life yeah, yeah, yeah. and no challenges. Yeah. But when they saw when they landed on Earth and it was a shithole, yeah. they said, yes, <laughs> a, challenge. To do. a yeah. challenge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, why do people climb mountains, right? Yep. Yeah. Right. It's a challenge. Yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, um, one thing that I've had that uh, I actually, Michael, um, I haven't worked with yet. But uh, well, then how do you know him? Yeah, <laughs> family friends. I okay. uh, uh, have played music with his prodigy son Joseph, nice. and uh, um, in, his son Joseph is an incredible jazz drummer. Okay, yeah, um, I, I I thought you looked familiar because I went to the gig that was at the Whiskey where your son played. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, so your son one. is that a drummer. A, yeah, yeah. That, that was a fun. <laughs> That's show. how I know. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, but he's we, we super have, good. We, we have worked with the same director. This is true. Yeah. We have uh, worked with the same director. Um, the what I want to say though about the uh, about the damage control is is when it gets to the to the last phase of where I come in when I'm when I'm doing the um, doing the final mix uh, the the group effort that it takes on on all levels like okay the composers in the room the directors in the room the producers in the room the editors in the room and now you've got children calling on the phone saying daddy can you come pick me up after school today it's like all of these mm-hmm. things these forces elements. of of outside life that come in to either help or it totally takes the day away, and you go. You know what, you guys? Um, I got to take off, 
and I got to go pick up my dog at the kennel and, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, but there's always somebody somehow picking up that where, where somebody had to take out or leave. Team effort. It's right. a team. It's thank a team. you. Right. Thank you for finishing yeah, my sentence, no. partner. That's why no you're partner. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, the team effort. All we, the way. We finish each other's sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're not going to be here. <laughs> yeah. And so um, when I worked with Brett on his movie, The Stand at Paxson County, um, we had a really nice understanding and mm. we worked really well together and really came down to Brett uh, had a lot of trust in me. Mm. Yeah. And I like that, mm. you know, because I want to make his movie the best that it can be. When I worked with Peter. Um, well, you, I'm sorry. You want to, when you see people are talented, why do you want to hold that back? Let them do their thing. Yeah. Right. right. So, right. Yeah. Um, but speaking of the tools that are available today, um, the things that we can do now to denoise dialogue. It's mm. crazy. I mean, it's yeah. absolutely bizarre. We went from years ago yeah. having 300, 400 lines of ADR to now 70, maybe. Yeah. You know, and it's 50 of them are ads from, mm. you know, story ads and stuff. Like, you want to fit this line in for this character well, off camera even or in, in the stand, we sh had a scene inside the car and we forgot to turn the air conditioner off and it was loud. Yep. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> ADR How do you notch that? Oh, and, dude. I, uh, he you cleaned put it, it up. You put it in Isotope RX and go, and it's gone. That's what and I suggested. Like, oh, wow. And he's like, good answer. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Wow. There's, um, there's similar tools in the visual world as well as far as denoising. Or, oh, nice. Yeah, oh, so. sure. Very cool. There's yeah. just noise everywhere. There yeah. is. There really is. Awesome. Life is full of noise. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, I want to speak. I want to ask you a question, Peter, yeah. about um, chemistry on set with mm. an, with fellow actors. Yeah. Uh, how how obviously it's valuable. How valuable is it? Can you kind of oh, underline it's super that? important. I mean, I it's either there, or it's not. You can never force chemistry. In interesting. Uh, it's just. Uh, it's. I don't even know how to define it you know what i mean there's an energy that when you're working with somebody either you're cl clicking and like it's well there or I, it's, it's in this room not. right now i mean yeah. i feel we're all yeah like the same yeah same club it's true yeah, yeah, it's exactly. true. yeah. yeah. and it, actually this brings me to a point because i know uh that you like this mm. how often do you get to go to set yes yeah, actually i go to <laughs> and and sorry I... let me just say probably a seven-parter <laughs> do you like to go on set? Do you pull from performances that you're watching while production is happening, right? And do you do anything unique like go around and record sounds that you use in your uh, yeah. that might be um, like if Peter was just in Oklahoma City, if you went there, would you record the bus station that they're shooting at? Like, how does that? Do you use stuff like that? Yeah, I, I try to go on set as often uh, as I can. Um, mm. I actually worked with both Peter, <laughs> and I've been to both <laughs> of their set uh, when they shot in 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 LA. And um, yeah, so first of all, you want to sometimes to talk with the actors, because um, as as Peter Facine said, like uh, before, you know, like the actor has their own story, their own character. So mm. uh, if you want to write a theme for them, you want to talk to them as well, and and um it's super important like you're actually literally writing a melody for right. each character so you have like the point of view of the director you have a point of view of the actor and being on set is amazing because you actually see the the, the movie in 3d mm -hmm. you're inside the movie you hear wow. the sound mm -hmm. you, you know like the space and um 
and sometimes I'm I'm recording, you know, like from the set, like some sounds, and then I'm I'm using it to uh, to make music. For Hour of Lead, we I used um, we were in the wood in Griffith Park, and I recorded a lot of like wood sound and stuff, and and nice. I I did like the percussion out of it. Uh -huh. For uh, Aftermath, we've uh, we I actually recorded some sound on in the house, like it was like some AC or some things, and many of the texture are actually going from that uh, part. And, um, you know, it's like, it's, uh, yeah, so you have this. Piece. Tell him about the, on, on Breaking and Exiting, yeah. he created a whole sound using a, because the, the main character is a, a thief, he used a crowbar, right? Yeah. Like to, to, to create a sound out of a crowbar, just because wow. it yeah, like, it's like, a, about, yeah, theme it goes with the theme of, of hmm. a thief. Okay. I, like, all I the love percussion. that yeah. stuff. I, I so, love so that. So I went to, I went to Home Depot, I went to Home Depot, <laughs> and there was like this, uh, you know, like, you had like 10 or, or 15 different crowbar, and I was like trying each one of them, and like everybody was watching me like, why is he like listening to the sound of yeah. a crowbar, you he know, must, like must picked up the one, you know. Yeah. Did you find the one? Did I you... actually found the one, yeah. I kept it, it sounds great, you know, and uh, you know, all the like... Do you have any crowbars that <laughs> yeah. bring in a C note? <laughs> really? Why not? Yeah. I literally, like, I brought like all the percussion, like, drumsticks and stuff, and trying to like play with yeah, the crowbar, everybody was watching me, and, and like, <laughs> I, I went there with my girlfriend. She left me because I like, <laughs> she was like forever. But not like, forever. I just, like, I'm, I've had it with this guy. Was the final like, straw. Do you think I'm gonna see it? You know, like it's uh, yeah. <laughs> forever. That's right. And right. yeah, it's it's absolutely great to be on set. I mean, and you know, and and talking about the music, you know, music is space. Um, you can create a like music is like I, I'm gonna give you like some psychoacoustic uh thing about music. So. When you think about a, a note, like if you put that on the left and then on the right, that gives you like, you know, like mm -hmm. the length. Yeah. If you put like reverb, that will get you profound sound. And if you get, you know, like a, a bassy sound, we, we think of like the bottom and then a high sound would be, you know, the up. And so you can yeah. create like a space of 3D. So when you're on set, you actually can see exactly what space you were that talking about. Cool. And the music you're creating with it should fit that. Yeah. So it's, it's awesome. not like too big, too too small. It's, it should fit like the actual uh, place. So you know, I'm not every single day on set, but like it's always cool to have like some of the scenes creating it like that space. And That's you know, so it's, cool. it's 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 not often that the composer are going on set. And yeah, I would I've never very heard much that. I, I love the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. great. I, I would advise every yeah. single composer to go on set. Like that's that's the actual. We always like David Arnold always came to set. Oh yeah. But... Really? But John Williams never did. Sure, <laughs> so it works for him. But, but it, I think it is. I think it's yeah. a it's a good thing. And I think also like with music, you can create in a very what's visually a, a small moment. Like we have a moment in aftermath like that where it's a small moment. We put like kind of epic music on yeah. there because it's a epic emotional moment for the mm. character, right? And the best example, it's actually the reason why we hired David Arnold way back in the day for Stargate, and then he did Independence Day. Uh -huh. He did a movie called Young Americans, mm. which uh, Danny Cannon directed. Uh, and there's a scene where the lead kid, I can't remember his name, he's just coming back to this like crack house where he lives at. And and a, a major event just happened. I don't want to ruin the movie for people, but major mm. event just happened for him. And he's just coming back, and all he does is he walks into this flop house. People are like smoking and stuff like that. And he walks upstairs and he goes up to the roof and he smokes a cigarette. Hmm. That's all that happens. Mm -hmm. But David's music is like this. 
slow building oh, epic cool. and you don't and it's just as he's going up the stairs and you would think you'd hear the bump 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 bum of the music going on in the yeah. house but it's not it's this like huge orca yeah. it's what's going on in his head right and it's building and it's building because he's coming to a decision where yeah. he and, and the next scene he makes this That's big great. decision mm. and he goes up and and as he comes up to the rooftop the music's swelling big mm -hmm. and the sun's coming up over mm -hmm. wow. uh, london well, now it's i gotta watch the movie <laughs> oh you gotta watch it we yeah. saw that like we gotta what's get it, back it called? Yeah. it's called young americans right. it's a mm -hmm. it's a terrific film harvey cartels in it mm. uh but it's like a you know london gangster movie mm -hmm. you know but uh and that was like kind of both da uh danny cannon and uh, david arnold's cool. calling mm -hmm. card to mm -hmm to the states mm. but yeah but yeah so you can really it you can change a lot with yeah. the music it, uh sasha have you done um composing based on the script only i i, I never done that I, I think it's like uh the, like in our modern time it's the biggest mistake for me to do that uh before you know like the score was like almost not like it, it was not fitting the the picture uh that much you know like uh, and that kind of very dated uh, but now you need to be inside the picture. You need to, to mm. actually tell the story and, mm. and, and do. And sometimes you, you do the, like the actual opposite, like as, as you said, uh, on, and that, that works also. Uh, but, you know, if you do from the script, like you don't see the colors, you don't see like the, yeah. the mood, like the. And I'm going to give you an example. You know, you have two people talking in dialogue and then you see one guy behind just walking. And I would actually use the tempo of his walking to do the music. So it won't be like mm. a different tempo oh, that's, between that's the music and the guys that mm. is walking behind. Interesting. And so that you cannot, you yeah, know, compose that, that from the script. That on script. Wow. And, wow. and so yeah. it's, it's important. That, so, so, so you're well, not, you know, where did you get that idea? That's brilliant. I mean, like, that's, you know, that's brilliant. So, I mean, yeah. that's so cool. <laughs> he's, he's really, I, I enjoy working with him so much. He's like a, he's just an artistic yeah. genius. I mean, I would never even have thought we of it. That's were, awesome. We did yeah. this one scene in, in our lead where um, uh, the, the character's daughter goes missing. And it's a pretty long scene. It's like yeah. three, four minutes long. Four minutes is a long time in the film. <clears> and um, I had to figure out like where does the music come in and where does it start? And, and he had done a pass and it didn't feel right. And then we talked about like what, I, I gave him a, a story about my daughter went yeah. missing once oh, and what that felt for me. And I was telling him this story and you could see him kind of like taking it all in. Yeah, yeah. And then I said, well, let's try it again and, and just go with that. And this is what I'm, uh, you know, was feeling. And then he literally watched the scene and created the uh, right while he was watching. I just watched him create the music as he was watching the scene wow. and like literally was watching picture and going composing, composing yeah. at the same time and it just was pouring out of him uh, it was pouring out of him man. and when he was done i was like that's it yeah that's that's <laughs> it don't touch it at all right. and then the next week he went in and cleaned a couple of pieces up and i go this is different <laughs> <laughs> well you know i wanted to fix a couple of moments no what you had was great yeah. i want that because it's not a Losing your child is a very messy feeling, yeah, you know what right. I mean? So if you start to clean up here and there, then right. it starts to feel too neat. Yeah. So then literally the next week he, he tried to sneak a couple of more things. Like, <laughs> but I just wanted to even out. I was like, no, no, no. I want, oh, let me back the original. Yeah. That's, true. That's the one. Right? <laughs> but I loved it. And it was perfect. Like I was like, yeah. you did. It was perfect. I think he felt the need to like, 
well, it was just on the fly. I need no. It was like it was whatever was happening was pouring. It was out organic, of him. right? And it was organic. Yeah. And it was happening yeah. at the same time, and it felt messy at times. And like, the magic, and I was like, right? and that's yeah. it. That's and that's he, he was telling me this story, but for, so for like cool. ten minutes. Like, I mean, and I love how you talk to me almost as an actor. Mm. I feel it, you know. Like, and and that's 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 very cool. And uh, and I felt exactly what he felt when he actually wrote that scene mm. and, and direct that scene yeah and so yeah it was it was you, you know that's cool. such an interesting thing you say because there's a transfer of energy sometimes that yeah. you have when you're collaborating mm -hmm. and when you talk about chemistry yeah there's a transfer of energy uh that you can't force you can't bottle it's just there and uh and and we we have that transfer that's of energy mm -hmm. just when yeah. i was telling mm -hmm. that story i gave him that energy and yeah. then he poured that energy into so the music. cool right. and and i remember working in a scene with Anne Heche once. And the, and when you're directing actors, like it's, every actor works a little differently. So you kind of have to approach, you know, what you need out of them differently than you would another actor. So, so uh, you always want to kind of get to know your actors and how they think, you know? So when I was working with uh, Thomas Jane, he's more intellectual. So like if I went in and had to direct him, I would talk to him about the scene, what, you know, the beats are, like, you know, the what I'm trying to get, you know, certain emotions here and there. And uh, and we would talk about, you know, the intellectual idea of this right. character, you know. And when I went to Anne, Anne is all feeling. Mm. Like if I tried to explain something, it would just go over her head because that's not how she works and it, and everything with Anne is just feeling and that's what I love about her she's just like pours her yeah, soul yeah, yeah. out so I remember she had this scene uh and, and I needed more emotion from her and I and I and I she did I the first the take and it was a little flat and then she went to the second take and not flat not bad flat it was just a little I needed more and then the second take I kind of let her I gave her a little direction and it was kind of in the same zone and I literally just went over to her and I crouched down and I grabbed her knees and I looked in her her eyes and I said Anne and I squeezed her her knees, and I looked at her. I said, "You got it," and she goes, "Yeah." And I walked away. And the next take, it, it was mm, beautiful yeah, to watch. Yeah. And I didn't say anything to her. Right. It <laughs> was more of like a transfer of energy, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and she felt what I needed, and uh, and she just nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Those are awesome yeah. moments. I, those I, those yeah. are moments to live for in yeah. the creative process. And that's sure. I think when you sure. have that experience, yeah. Yeah. it's like. Those are the things that make yeah. everything else kind right, of wash away right. and go. That's why I'm doing. Dude, what that's I'm doing. that's. Good, I equate that's that great. to my golf game. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has I to hit, squeeze your knees too. No, no. <laughs> I hit one straight shot down, okay. uh, and I get on the green in two shots, and I shoot one under par. <laughs> that one hole Makes will make hurt. me come back. Every single That's time. That's crazy, yeah. right? Every single time. So, so I, I totally get that. So life gives you all the shit, but it'll give you these little gems. Yeah, ah, yeah. Keep, 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 keep going There's through the, the shit. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Um, I want to uh, discuss a couple things that, um, something that occurred for us making um, uh, wheels. Mm -hmm. um, we all understand tempitis. Like you've lived with something for so long that oh, it's mm. just become what, you know, what you want. Right. And all of a sudden you can't have it. Right. Or what happens is what happened for Brett and I is they cut this killer sporting montage to a version of the Scorpions Rocky like a hurricane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The Scorpions then had re-recorded their catalog <laughs> so that they could own it because they were on Polydor or whatever record label they were on back in the day. So they didn't own those songs. So they licensed the new version of the song 
that Brett had. Well, they heard. just sent it to us. This is what you get, and we were expect- use this one. Yeah, yes. we were expecting the original. The original, and it's <laughs> in a completely different key because yeah. Klaus can't hit the same high notes anymore <laughs> at sixty something years old, and um, it's a completely different song. Completely different. Mm. I mean, you'll recognize it for yeah, sure. Of course. But yeah, everybody just, knows here I am. Right. And I, you know, you got that in there, but it's completely different. Huh. So, uh, just with that in mind, what, like, how much do you have to give up to oh. get the creative thing done? You well, know that's, I mean? do you that's like, minor. I mean, there's so many other things that hurt your soul. Right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a team effort. So if, part of your team that has the power of giving you orders right, um, right. you know you gotta just do the best you can yeah but that that no. kind of nah. nah. you're not so used to just nothing it's, i mean even when the final mix happens a month later you're opening it up again because someone said something and mm. now you gotta fix this thing oh and, sure sure so it's uh it's an always evolving process fluid and, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just don't take it so you have to remain fluid with it yeah you do yeah, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. and that's that's a that brings up another point that I want to remember to do. But um, uh, this one kind of goes to uh, both um, Peter Winther and Peter Facinelli. When you're dealing with green screen and shit that's going to be comped in, composited in later, mm-hmm. like how how do you formulate that? And when do you, as the producer, like you, are you hands on with the visual effects? Are you approving that stuff? Oh yeah. So. So when when it's approved, like, is there a point when, say, Peter's um, interacting with werewolves that aren't really there? Like, Uh, how how do you pick your line of sight, and then does that affect visual effects? Like, that's a good question. You know how do how do you make that work? Like, Peter, you might be looking like this. And the animals up here. You know what I mean? Well, how they do you, give you something. How do you give you a line of sight? They always yeah. give you a line of sight. Yeah, you I give see. you a line of sight, but you, it's changed over the years because like, uh, now the effects are so much more advanced. But, right. Like It used to be like when we did uh, Godzilla, we had when all the baby Zillas were in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> he said baby Zillas. <laughs> <laughs> they were baby Zillas. Horrible. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so Not you, as great as baby Yoda. Oh, yeah. right. That's a thing. Not as good as baby damn Yoda. close. Uh, baby Zillas. Uh, <laughs> no, so you would, what you do, the mechanical effects on set would like, oh, a garbage can would move, so that's the actor would know, like, that's the baby Zilla. But now you don't want to be tied into that stuff because mm. now like, they'll just make that a CG garbage can, right? So now, and what it does, it gives a lot more freedom to the actors, right? So they can act in, first of all, you would storyboard those scenes for sure. And uh, so, mm. and you'd probably have even some animatics for mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, for example, in the Marvel films, uh, my brother Lars is the AD on those things. Their animatics, you could release those as a feature film and really? they would make a lot of money, Dang. right? So in those mm. kind of films, those big budget films, the actors get to see all that stuff and it's mm. on set mm. and they can see it. And, uh, or in the Cameron films, it's even more than that where, Right. Uh, where now they're actually they can see world. what's happening as it's hap- as they're looking at things and they see it mm-hmm. and later it gets comped in so it's way more advanced but in the traditional way that yeah. you're talking about the way people that don't have those kinds of budgets where it's a green screen you give them eye lines I see. right 
And then the the visual effects artist will match that eyeline. So mm. the, the actor doesn't have to be exact uh. because you can put that werewolf. I see. He's looking I this see. way. Mm. That's right. where the werewolf ah. is. You can go okay. off the actor sometimes. Yeah, you go okay. off their their line of sight, cool. which mm. makes it much feel much more accurate. Right. You know, that they are looking at something. Right. You know, but right. uh but for the most part, and and speaking of Star Wars with like things like the Mandalorian, they're even taking it to the next level, right? Where now they have uh screens there. But they're like, they have to grow these screens because they're made out of crystals. So they're like three-dimensional screens. So it's not a green screen anymore. It's literally a three-dimensional screen. And uh, I only know this because I, I saw this uh, interview of Kathleen Kennedy. And she was talking about how the Disney executive came oh, to set and said, like, I mm. thought you guys weren't going to be building these sets. I thought you were going to be using these screens. And they're like, yeah, you're <laughs> looking at the screens. Wow. Like, wow. So the actors are literally, mm. they're calling it, I think they're calling it stagecraft now. But uh, that's like that's the term cool. for it. So they're literally on set, and they're, you're seeing the wow. stuff. Wow, wow. Amazing. Oh, I'm lost. Uh, explain it to me, because I've, I've, I've completely lost. So instead of a green screen, <laughs> right? Like, Just say this was the green so, screen. So like, yeah. let's yeah. take Hour yeah. of Lead, for yeah, yeah. example. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the in the, in the, the lake, in the lake, in the lake where mm -hmm. they're on the boats, and you have that, and we're in the pool, and there's right. a green screen there. That screen wouldn't be green. That would be this a screen that's like a three dimensional screen. Hmm. So they would be looking and they would be seeing all the woods and everything. Oh, so the actor can see. So the actor has visuals. All in camera, right? So, so it's done. The shot's done. Oh, that's cool. Now they may tweak it a little bit. Could the actors see it or just in camera? Wow, the actors can't see it. That's sweet. That's what I'm saying. It's in camera where technically the composition's already done. It's live. That it looks so real. That stuff. Wow. But. So they're doing it on the That's on the Mandalorian. Cool. That so would make it easier as yeah, an actor because right. for an actor, it's really hard to react off of nothing. Like you that's, know, you're behind, was why that's why and I, like all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, there's a big bat that's coming at yeah. you. You know, it's a it's a lot easier when you just get to react off of something yeah, sure. than mm -hmm. have to act. You would, you <laughs> Acting's would, hard. Reacting's easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you would have like even way back mm -hmm. in the days of yore when we were doing Godzilla, we would have, you know, like cutouts or uh, mockettes of the babies those and we had moved them around because mm -hmm. you also use them as and then you'd put them in the light and they would right. use them as lighting reference so that the, the visual effects artists can see how the light bends around that thing so they can match the lighting on mm -hmm. the creatures later but uh but now like you know in all these movies it's a motion control actor that's playing all these creatures anyways like that mm -hmm. werewolf that we were talking mm -hmm. about would be probably a, a person <laughs> yeah. like with all the dots on them and right, stuff like right, that right. Right. And you get these people like we had someone on Godzilla that we got from Cirque du Soleil who would move Could around move like, like a lizard and wow. stuff like that. And that was like ancient times. Like it's so much more advanced right. now. So you, right. you give you try to give the actors something yeah. real and tangible yeah. and mm. emotional to act with. Because that even the eye contact, if he was playing against a werewolf and it's still a human being doing that stuff, once he has to the only thing he has to imagine is like not laugh at all the dots and yeah. the weird suit he's wearing. Right? Oh, yeah. right. Once you get you past your, that. You can yeah. use your imagination if there's yeah. somebody like in a suit of some sorts yeah. and like, but if it's just like an inanimate object that you're talking to, yeah. it becomes a little harder. Yeah. It right, becomes right. a little, and it, I think it affects performance. It can be a little flatter because you're not actually talking to some the transference of energy. Energy, yeah. yeah. There's nothing yeah. to transfer. Yeah, because it used right. to be like a C stand with a tennis ball on it, right? Yeah. Yep. That's. What you had, like right. a twister when they first kind of invented like, the dragon software, would be that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. The Planet of the Apes movies are yeah. amazing. Oh my yeah. God, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was like, I remember taking my mom to see it and she was thought that those were actors in suits. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Wow. Like, no, you know, I, I, I mean, CG it's interesting features, for me yeah. though, because like when I see the original Planet of the Apes, I think it's, 
for some reason it feels more real mm. and raw for to me as a viewer like i i think it's because they they are actors in masks mm -hmm. and like they do have a soul and there yeah. is a transfer of that yeah, energy I'm with you on that. and like you know even though I mean, the special effects for that time period were were pretty good. I mean, you look at the first Star Wars; it was pretty. It was pretty good. You know, it felt real. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. there's yeah. something yeah. about it feeling real. Yeah. Yeah. Where when you start to get to the CGI, you know, stuff, then it feels less real to me. Yeah. But I, but I think now it's like because there's a good combo. It's a, it's a good combo because. It was like that because, uh, like, when we did Stargate, we did an Independence Day, even that we were all real, like, all miniatures, mm -hmm. hardly any CG at all. Even like the jet fighters, like, you have a, a cockpit, and then uh, if you look inside, uh, the middle level plane is like a toy plane, like a model hmm. plane that we built ourselves. Wow. And then the faraway planes are little matchbox <laughs> planes, and against a painted That's backdrop. Cool. So it's all in camera. And we did all that stuff, and it was everything was compositing. It was about shooting elements, shooting yeah. layers and mm -hmm. layers yeah. upon layers, and then compositing that together because we were afraid of CG because CG looked it was just too Cartoon clean. Yeah. Yeah. It was too yeah. clean, yeah. Yeah. and uh, and that went and that's why I think that that second round of Star Wars films didn't uh, have Ugh. as much love because yeah. they were too clean. Yeah. But those movies have to get made like that. Like how cameras got to make Avatar so that you can uh, and, improve and it, so right? You can improve it, or, yeah. or or even like when he did. Uh, I mean, James Cameron is the best because he like he'll do T two and invent the morphine technology. Right. Two weeks later, you can buy that at Best Buy. Right. You know, like right. that's right. how quick it works. I'm not even kidding about yeah. that. And same with CG water. Like CG water was the holy grail of CG because. The computing power of, of putting all those ones and zeros together, it just wasn't going to happen. Well, and then Titanic happened. Hair, man. Yeah, oh, hair, God, yeah. CG so hair. All that is, stuff. Yeah. So now it, it does open the toolbox for uh, uh, storytellers, and, and you can lean into CG. Just, I, I still think it's always better to do everything real first, sure, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the reason why special effects came into existence was because there was no way to do it in the real world. So mm -hmm. they came up with like, hey, let's do a map and we put some glass and paint it on here and like mm -hmm. use some forced perspective. We can create this huge landscape. Right. Uh, and I still think that should be the philosophy uh, for most storytellers is like do it all real because it's all done and you get great that advice. transference of energy yeah. mm -hmm. yeah. and advice. then you just keep moving if you can't do it real what's the next step and what's sure. the next step to create the illusion because we're always creating an illusion no matter what we do, even yeah. if we're doing it real, it's still an illusion yeah. right. what and we're practical doing. Practical so. effects will hold up over time. We're Absolutely. CG because it's advancing so quick. That's right. right. It becomes dated. Something oh, seven, man. eight, nine years ago yeah. now is starting to look dated because it's so mm -hmm. the so amazing. Like the right first now. round of Star Wars. You yeah. Know, with yeah. The, yeah. What was that character with the bunny ears? Is that Jar Jar. Jar Jar. Oh. <laughs> Jar, -Jar. <laughs> famous Jar Jar. Uh, Michael, when... When you're dealing with um, CG, do you have uh, do you have like a start a good starting point like when you get the picture delivered uh, to match it to the color of the scene? It really depends on how the or when the color grade is scheduled. If these elements even exist at that point, I see. Uh, back when I was doing mostly features, a lot of times those elements were still being worked on. So you only had the plate shot, which is the background, mm -hmm. uh, and um, and somewhat of a reference, a rough reference of what the actual element will look like, and then you just do your best. Um, and then when the VFX finally gets delivered, then uh, you know you work with 
both the foreground and the background right. uh, to 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 blend them together. And a lot of times, what's really helpful is if the VFX house that you're working with has an idea of the look of the movie that you're working, you know, that uh, that the color grade is going to um, produce. That way, they know how to light their elements. And so, when you when both worlds come together, it should be pretty cohesive. Nice. Cool. So, so something I want to mention too, because you guys are talking about acting, an actor acting to nothing, basically, and you know, line of sight and all that. There's a couple of shows that I that I, that are out right now. Uh, the Deuce on um, HBO mm-hmm. with James Franco and his twin brother, right? It's James Franco, obviously, and he's, he does such a great job. There's scenes where they're together. I, I, how do these? How do you put that together in a film? First of all, an actor acting to himself, which is obviously not himself. I'm sure there's an actor there. Yeah. But how does that work? And then there's another one with with uh, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, yeah. Uh, is it Living with Myself yeah. or something like that? Netflix. And it's so good. It's so good. How do you do that as an I, as an actor? I don't know. I haven't done that, but I'd like to know if they get paid twice. <laughs> right? Yeah. If they, if they do, send me up. Um, yeah, right. Well, Michael just a, Keaton just in Multiplicity. Actor. I mean, that was way back. Yeah. Right? yeah. Sure, it's just another actor, and then they it's a split screen. Just, it. Oh. It's a split, and yeah, it used to be. Well, so how do you hold on? There's, there's so you're lot. acting to another actor, and then you're turning around doing their part. And you're right, but to you blocked actor. off the camera. Well. Right, so you can overlay that those two shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even know how it, you do. How do you accomplish split screen? It might be green screen too, because if the characters pass each other, then you can't. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, it depends how the they, crossing is. If they stay on either side, then it's a you could do it in the avid. Basically, right. it's a split screen. Uh, you would do over the shoulders over any actor that has the yeah. same yeah. kind of right. You know, right. Otherwise, right. yeah, it would be a it would be a green screen thing where you just shoot multiple passes mm-hmm. and then you composite it together and then you have another actor playing that wow. stuff. So that means right. you got to learn double both lines. Oh, it's it's like, a lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you, That's have what I'm you, saying. you have better you get seen? paid. Oh, I've seen, I've seen double you act, and like when the other person doesn't remember their lines, you're telling them their lines. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that happen. That's 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 hard. I'm mouthing work. their lines. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is that a project you'd want to take on? Yeah. Something uh, like that. I mean, honestly, if it was like the lead 17 hours a day and I was just always acting with myself, I, I honestly wouldn't. Because if, I would get lot. bored, like one, mm-hmm. acting with myself all the time, yeah. as most actors do when they work with me. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but the other is like, yeah, it's a, it's a shitload of work to yeah. have to learn both sides yeah. of the scene. Right. And then have to literally, I guess you you would have to do it on two separate days. Honestly, I, I can't imagine doing it all in one. I mean, maybe because you're, you have to, because you're shooting usually locations is how you do it. So you would have to go and shoot that one side of it. And, uh, and I'm assuming you'd have to change your clothes yep. and then go shoot the other side and just mess your hair up. Literally, pre- you know, prepare that character. It'd be tough. That's, that's a tough, that's a yeah. tough thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like that would be a, like, I get it. You write that into a script. If it's in the script or whatever, that they're twins in, in the case of the deuce, but it just seems like a lot more work. Right. Mm. You know, I mean, you don't get that. You don't get to do those same takes in one yeah. day. It's he had. It would be fun change. if you're playing one at a time, you know. And the deuce, I'm assuming, it's not. He's always not. He's not always acting with himself. It's yeah, rare, it's but rare. they. But it, there's quite yeah. a few scenes. There's quite mm-hmm. a few scenes. Several. But actually, it would be fun one. to play two characters. Uh, you know, in the same show. You know what I mean? Or like if I'm playing two brothers, that'd right? Be, that'd be that'd super be. fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Just doing yeah. it with yourself would be tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that it would um, be tough. Can I, I, uh, I have to bring up something. Remember when we were talking about life intruding? 
so because I'm late, I have something at 5.45. I have to leave. Not a problem. Now, so, Absolutely. Thank you, Peter. Uh, but, uh, we appreciate you but coming I, on. I could have talked like this for hours because it's a great <laughs> conversation. Yeah, this is and, fun. Uh, so it was a pleasure, and I really apologize about it. No, no, no. Uh, please don't. Right. But yeah. uh, just commit to us to come back later. So, for sure. And, and Absolutely. We'll, we'll do this again. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. Okay. Um, so uh, we're going to excuse Peter. Bye, Thank Peter. Thank you, Peter. Bye, Peter. Take it easy. All right, so um, we're back in. By yeah, the way. we're back in. Mm-hmm. So these are fun. These are fun questions. We, ca- I need again. I this is the probably the fourth time I've said this. I need to change the name because <laughs> they're not rapid fire. They're just fun questions, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll go we'll go around the room. Uh, first one is uh, texting or talking. Which do you prefer? Correct. Talking. Correct. Talking. Okay. Talking. Peter. Uh, texting. Yeah. Texting. Mm-hmm. Talking. Talking, okay. It depends who I'm interacting with. <laughs> right? Doesn't it? <laughs> Michael's, got, Michael's got a gobo up there. <laughs> but, uh, who is it? Most of the time it's talking, face-to-face. Yeah, because yeah, like, there's those people you know you're going to be in a long conversation. Yeah. Right. I, I want to actually ask you about fan base. Uh, hmm. do, do you get, like, trashed when you're out in public? You're like no. you're you're the you're the the <laughs> quintessential <laughs> movie star. You know what I mean? You're like People know, Magazine. That, I, you're I, on. I do feel like some. You know, I I get recognized on the street. And I forget sometimes, like because people be staring at me, like what are they? Doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, Something in my teeth. Yeah. Uh, do I have a booger? But, uh, <laughs> for me, like I I I I've been with other actors where they're like. You know, somebody will come up to them and say, hey, can I have an autograph? And they'll be like, I'm sorry, I'm on my time. And I'm like, mm. as for me, my there is no my time. Uh-huh. Like, the reason I get to do what I do is because of my fans. Yeah, yeah. So if they're, Great point. you know, and also I just, I can never say, you know, that I would never give a picture or sure. autograph to a fan just personally because I would never want to go up to somebody that I admire and go, can I have a picture and get shut down? Yeah, like yeah, that. that's, like, that's, yeah. that's yeah. got to be the hardest feeling. So yeah. like, if somebody comes up to me, I'm ecstatic to give them the attention mm-hmm. that they are giving right. me. You know, yeah. I mean, again, it's that exchange of yeah, energy. Right, right. So uh, I'm always happy to give a you know a picture and a and nice. A, that's great. Yep. And an autograph to people. Good for you, man. I've I've heard both sides of that story. Like, never meet your heroes. Yeah, because they can be completely oh, the wrong person. Assholes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but like for for that example, um, I, I've worked with Burt Reynolds, and he was so sweet and genuine. And yeah. How great is um, it to meet your hero and he's just a, he or she's just yeah. awesome. Right. Uh, I completely agree. You I know? just try to stay quiet because whatever they have built up in their head about yeah, right, I don't want to just I'm like, why are they crying right now? I don't know. Like, but I'll just stay really quiet. Use, so use few just, words. I don't want to ruin their uh, whatever they think of me. So I'm just like, I'll just say as little as possible uh, right. and I leave them with yeah. their image of me. <laughs> That's great. Because I good. don't want to ruin their... Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So what's your favorite day? of the week oh uh wow today i'd agree with that honestly like when you're an actor or when you're in the business and you don't have to go it's not a monday through friday there isn't yeah. no monday yeah. i remember talking to my agents once and i hadn't worked for a couple of months and and he said, uh, oh, thank God it's Friday. And I said, uh, he goes, thank God it's, the weekend's coming. And I said, well, every day's a weekend for me. I want a Monday. Yeah. So <laughs> I want to work. Let's get yeah, some work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, it's uh, a different perspective. It's a yeah. different perspective. I, 
but yeah, it's like when you're filming, you never know if it's Monday, Tuesday, sure. Wednesday, that's Friday. That's a normal schedule. It's just yeah. not. I don't have a normal schedule. I never know what day it is. A mm-hmm. lot of times, so it's that's a hard. That's one. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's a totally different perspective, Sasha. Sasha. Well, you know, like the freelance job is great because you can actually hang out like whenever you want. Yeah. So like you, you just do your own schedule. Every day is awesome. Friday. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, it's cool because if you want a, like less crowded place or stuff like you just hang out like you know on, on a tuesday and that's super true. cool you know yeah. it's <laughs> funny how i'm trained though because sometimes i'll go away with my girlfriend and we'll go down to mexico like to, for a little va- vacation and i'll still go on a saturday or sunday uh, yeah right and i'm like <laughs> i can go you could any tuesday, tuesday, wednesday thursday and it's way cheaper and nobody's there <laughs> right. exactly. and i'll end up going on a saturday or sunday i'm like why am i going on yeah. why do i do this yeah. on a wednesday <laughs> so mind is trained so yeah. to like funny. have like a certain yeah. element but he's right when you're freelance it's like it's just there every day is today right, right. right. Exactly. that's great which is great yeah. i i'm so we i'm blessed yeah, we feel so blessed true. to do yeah. that yeah, yeah. Right. Sure. michael so you know let's you know in this industry let's throw away the calendar let's throw away the monday through friday or yeah. you know yeah. the weekend to me my favorite day is when i get to recharge oh yeah. that's nice. good that's, that's a great you know, answer yeah. you, know, yeah. be, you know be with my family or be with my friends and just be human, mm-hmm. you know, and not have to think about what I'm involved with the next project or right. the project I'm mm-hmm. working on. Just a recharge day. Yeah. That's you know, and, and that's what I the like weekend that. is to the Monday through Friday. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's a recharge you know, day. I get, I get, that's all that. That's all, all it means. Yeah. Really. Just so you're being a human, you know. Uh, I mean, as I like saying, what's your favorite month? But then I guess there's weather involved. In the yeah. Month. <laughs> yeah. But if every day, if every month was like, you know, it was 80 degrees and Los Angeles. Yeah. Every every month was Los Angeles. Yeah. Be great. Uh, or Burbank, cause it's yeah, it was nice, nice. It was nice down here, man. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm getting fa- spoiled because I'm cold. Like I wake up, and I'm like I'm freezing. But I grew up in New York, where it was Same really here. cold. Yeah. I, grew, yeah. I grew up in New York, New Jersey, yeah. and I lost my thick skin years oh, ago. Yeah. <laughs> Blood thins quick out here. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of cities, your favorite city in the U.S. besides the one you live in? I have not been to every city mm. so it's hard to what's say. what's your favorite that you've visited yeah just it doesn't have it's just anyone that you may have visited like mine's uh cambria california i love it up mm. there mm-hmm. what do you love place. about cambria oh it's just it's like a pine forest on the beach man it's just a, it's like the mountains meeting the beach it's just nice beautiful weather that's interesting i guess that's what i depends on what i need yeah like you know if i want to go chill and relax somewhere mountains or always you know mm-hmm. camping or something but okay uh you know, if you want to have a night on the town, then L.A. is hard to beat. So. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. It's a good yeah. point. Yeah, that's a tough one, too. Again, it's like, I mean, I grew up in New York. I love lots of things about New York. And then I, I, I love lots of things about L.A. Um, I was just in New Orleans. That mm-hmm. was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's really tough because it's like there's every But there's things city. that each one brings yeah, that's of course. unique right. and I, cool about. I, I do like I do like that kind of um middle america small town mm-hmm. there's something really appealing to me i remember i took my kids once to uh i, I just kind of opened up this book and i was like where am i gonna take my kids for the fourth of july <laughs> and i ended up taking them because uh, i saw in this book uh it was the biggest uh, ketchup bottle yeah it was literally <laughs> just a water tower painted as a ketchup bottle uh-huh. i was like and i jumped on a plane and took them to this little <laughs> oh, town that's funny uh in like it was in illinois i think and um and i went to this festival that was like two days after and i ended up 
going to the, just getting on a plane to go to like mm-hmm. middle America. Cause I mm-hmm. wanted to do like a hula hoop contest. And, you know, <laughs> and I won. Hey. Uh, nice. And then I had to like throw this granny to the ground too. It was ugly. It was ugly. Like, the, water, dirty. the water balloon toss and all that. Just That's those cool. little middle America kind yeah. of things. I, I got a kick out of those. I like those. Nice. Sasha. Like, uh, beside Los Angeles, which I actually love, uh, Lone Pine. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm, nice. Yeah. My Where's favorite. Long Pine? That's kind of. Long Pine's uh, like, uh, it's in the desert. Is uh, it in California? Yeah. Yeah, it's in California. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, my favorite movie when I was a kid was Tremors. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. Tremors? Hey, hey, that was my we, very, we very, like, like I love the score. I love, and, yeah, and you know, did. they live in a, like, you know, in a small city. And I actually, for my birthday like uh, three four years ago i i went there for the wow. first time and I actually saw like that city and that many movies have been shot there like many westerns yeah. like star wars iron oh. man many many few mm. and it's so beautiful out there you have like the mountains with like the snow and yeah. then Right, ten minutes after that, you have like the actual desert. Like, yeah, it's, it's huh. don't you go through Bishop? It's it's yeah, uh, it's just north of Bishop, uh, yeah, I believe. Exactly. It's, yeah, yeah. Jackie and I just went there. Yeah. I played a gig out in Hawthorne, Nevada. Wow, huh. right? Hmm. Google Earth that city. <laughs> <laughs> it is a square mile. You'll you'll yeah. you'll blink and you'll, you'll miss it. Yeah. yeah. Oh no no no! It's it's better. Like zoom out, and you'll see the world's largest. Uh, ammunition huh. oh, supply. Oh, they have wow. hundreds of underground bunkers full of ammunition. Wow. Wow. That's that's what that town is. Hmm. So it was a support town for all the military. Yes. Military yeah. yeah. One of the best trips I ever uh, did was an RV trip <clears throat> across uh, like America. I went oh, from yeah. New York to LA and I took about 25 days to oh, do it. Oh, that's that's awesome. I just drove like three hours a day and yeah. I just ended up going a uh, Across all the lower states, I did, and then across Texas and Arizona. Uh, That's Interstate Alabama. Forty. Texas takes forever. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I did big the state. I did the oh, okay. But I love, I'm a sucker for that like biggest ball of string. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I saw the, um, you know, um, this big What's statue. Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. Yeah, yeah that exactly. was basically the dinosaur this, in Palm Springs. Yeah. There was this uh, statue, and it said uh, "Super of Superman" in this little magazine and said uh, hometown of superman metropolis illinois and i was like i gotta go there it was yeah. like this giant statue <laughs> that's of superman. That's cool and i drove there and my rv was like bigger than this the like town center <laughs> and uh and then i went into this little museum and it was like someone's house and it was like you pay a dollar or two dollars and uh-huh. like there's a guy in there with a, a, a big trucker hat <laughs> And he and I said uh, I had my daughter was five at the time. I was like, "Hey man, got a bathroom for my super little girl?" Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, he didn't even look up. He's like smoking a cigarette. He goes, "Try the Super Seventy Six across the street." <laughs> <laughs> like, Best line ever, man. I love you. <laughs> Cast him in your next yeah, movie. Oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, that's, you you got to see that stuff. Yeah, you got to see it. What about you? Uh, sorry. Yeah, you Michael. Yeah, yeah, Michael. I'm going to have to cheat, and I'm going to have to say there's two places uh, that I identify with uh, is uh, New York City and San Francisco. Oh, okay. Because, you know, I, I you know, um, I grew up a little bit in, in New York, mostly in New Jersey, but I spent my early adult life in New York, in Manhattan. And uh, and then uh, when I my career first started coming around, it was in San Francisco. Mm. And some of my best friends uh, I met in San Francisco. I met my wife in San Francisco, mm. and there it's, it's a lot of a, things, a lot of it, good things. It's a city of neighborhoods, yeah. and, 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 and the San Francisco treat. 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. So, that so, is. So it's Rice yeah. Rice Aroni. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's the San Francisco it, it, Is it really the San Francisco treat? Uh, no. no. <laughs> Do you go into the Maybe restaurants be, in San Francisco and you're like, can I have the Rice Aroni? And they're always out of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's, 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 it's those two places I identify with mostly. Nice. That's and, great. Uh, with, you know, Best life experiences there. Yeah. I love it, man. Good answers, guys. All right, so uh, here's here's the last one. This one's fun. this one's fun. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Oh, talk to animals. Yeah, I love Help me, bro. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I would I would go with every language in the world. I mean, I love animals, but uh, I don't know. But you don't you don't necessarily act with animals. I don't really. I'd, I'd rather <laughs> right. be able to go because I love traveling. Yeah. So like, I would love to be able to like. Just be fluid in all mm, yeah. in every language and like have yeah. that human interaction. I mean, it'd be cool to call, talk to my cat, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty know I know what it's gonna say. Like, Fuck me. you, Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Feed me. <laughs> I they're, they're not very complex. <laughs> I, right? I, I, mean, I crapped in your I shoe. Crapped right. in my shoe. <laughs> not, a lot, not a lot of complex. I yeah. mean, I would want to know why you crapped in my yeah, shoe. Yeah, yeah. Like, what was your motivation? Yeah. Well, uh, you left but, me for eight hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have needs. <laughs> yeah, I have needs too. That's like one more thing that gets needy is you yeah. can talk to animals. It's just like, oh god, that just—that's oh, a good point. That. Sasha, what about you, man? Well, I would love to know like all the languages. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's awesome. But you know, I have I have a. A little budgie that actually That's speaks. That's true. That he actually speaks, speaks to his. He yes. speaks and, and he speaks French and, oh, and English. Uh, he, and he, he composes he's music. He's the smart one that got his animals to speak. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> he does have a parakeet, which I didn't even know. I knew that parrots could talk, but I didn't know that parakeets you could train to talk. Actually, like, I, I didn't know that because I had a parakeet when I was younger and it didn't say shit. But, <laughs> but his. Because you didn't know to teach it. I didn't know to teach yeah. it. Yeah. But his talks, it like. Composes music. Yeah, it masturbates in front of the mirror. <laughs> oh, that's boy. true. Actually, that's true. <laughs> I walked in, I was like, what is your bird no. doing? No, and did you like, teach your bird that? <laughs> I did say to him, I go, you know, it, it, it does what its master does. Yeah. <laughs> you know, off, birds often do uh, what they what see their master doing. What are you doing on the couch, Sasha? I do. I don't do anything going? to any mirrors. I have. To, oh, that's like, funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, actually, my my, my bird loves Peter Facinelli. That's, yeah. that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Whenever he. That's a it, smart that's, bird. It's always like. That's a smart bird. On. It's always yeah. masturbating into the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> loves you a lot. Glad I have that. People, that's why I don't want to talk to animals. People are animals, Mints. <laughs> I'd have to say people. Yeah. I, I don't want to know what animals think about me. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd, uh, like Peter, I, I love traveling and I'd love to be able to converse and, and you know, and yeah. you know, take in the culture in their language, you know, and uh, yeah, definitely. I'm think, animals, sorry. Yeah, I think we'd be, I'd, actually, I'd like to be I mean, we can learn of, a language when we're going somewhere, but to communicate. Yeah, that's, that's a language that's hard to learn. Yeah, yeah uh, you can't learn it really. But, and I, but I think we'd be surprised at how, how, uh, how simple it is for animals that, and how much they don't really hang on to shit like we do. Yeah. Oh, they, you they know? Well, ask an animal what their favorite date of the week is. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, What's a day? Like, yeah. Food. Yeah. That's but, but let me the ask time the room. you feed me. The, does everybody here have an animal? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not currently. Okay. But yes. Two, two dogs. You got a bunch. Well, yeah. yeah, but yeah, but yeah he's a, he's you a talk to them in a certain way, oh, right? Yeah. You go, yeah. Hey, yeah. baby. Oh, you geez. have your voice. Yeah. <laughs> Come here to daddy. Let me yeah. you. It's all record each other's voices. Or they've talked to our animals in right now. Let's do that. No, it's, if, if we do, though, we yeah. have that certain way we talk to them. Yeah. And they, they, we, we think they get it. We're talking to them like they're human, but they, they're looking at us like, <laughs> yeah. scratch me and feed me. Yeah. 
So uh, that's it. Those are our gentlemen. Questions. Thank you so much. That was so thank much fun. Really, really, you guys. really uh, appreciate time. you coming by. And um, if you're still listening out there, yeah, <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah, definitely. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sticking with us. Yep. Um, Just to I get will to the actually... masturbating parish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. There's a payoff. That... There's a YouTube video of that. <laughs> We're going to have Sasha record it, yeah. send it. We'll insert it oh, into, the, into the picture. <laughs> please. I'm um, kidding, of course, Mom. <laughs> well, we'll just blur that part out. <laughs> um, I will personally start the email chain, so we're all on the cool. all on the thank email. You, so, like um, again, thank you, Michael, Sasha, Peter. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, and really, thank, yeah, thank you, Peter Michael, Winter. for putting it together, man. Yeah. 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 He had this well idea, done. and he's like, "We're gonna do this," and I'm like, "This is the we end, are? Yeah, the end of the year panel. We're <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do we're this gonna every, year. Do it every year. Oh, sure. Have people come in and do this, and hopefully, here's here's the the picture I see is the podcast grows throughout the year. At the end of the year, we have a panel, and we're going to sell tickets Oh yeah, for live, people live to come event. in oh, Q and a live oh, event. Wow. This yep. panel. I feel Madison Square Garden yeah. coming on. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Through here. <laughs> it's funny that you said that, because I was just thinking about that this week. We got to do, I was like, we should do a live event, yeah. and yep. they, we're on the same page, yep. so that's nice. perfect. Hmm. Yeah, thanks again to David Kitchens for yeah, uh, letting for sure. us take over the big uh, round of applause. Thanks, for thanks uh, Michael, for telling me that you were filming today. He said, you know, well, make sure you shower, because we're filming today. I was like, on my way here, and I turned around, I was like, I gotta go in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was audio only. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, yeah, guys. I showered for you people. <laughs> Good I got a haircut. Yeah, you, say I did too today. Same exact one you got. <laughs> <laughs> Thank thanks. you guys. Yeah, thanks guys. Thank you thanks, so much. Right. Yeah, have a good Thank one. You. Cheers. That was super fun. I said to you